Just let me throw a barrel at it. It's Acme Podcast Incorporated. Hey, I'm your host, Lazy Jay, and I'm joined as always by my by my good buddy and co-host. Hey, Sky. How's it going, everybody? Yep. And uh, if I'm throwing a barrel at something, that means we're looking at Johnny Quest, the, specifically the 1994 uh, Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, the first season. 94, right? No, 96. Sorry, it was yeah, 96 yeah. to 97. Yeah, 96 to uh, 97, yes. Yeah. Uh, the 1996, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, and, uh, and that also means we're looking at Season 4 Adventure Brothers. Uh, whew. There's a lot to say about both of these. Well, I mean, there's, there's probably a lot to say about both of these. Uh, yeah. Before that, uh, we got our weeks, and we got a spoiler cast, and we got some upkeep. Mm-hmm. And there's really no difference between upkeep and a spoiler cast, really, because they're both spoilerific. But yeah, the upkeep is just like a spoiler. It's a... it's a spoiler cast for the newest episode of things that are currently running that we're both watching. Yeah, it it's like a long, drawn out spoiler cast over the course of many episodes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, so Kai. How's your week been? Uh, let's see. What did I do? I read. I've been still reading Dungeon Meshi. Still haven't caught up with Dungeon Meshi. But ever again, everybody go read. I already said my spill about Dungeon Meshi. If you're not reading Dungeon Meshi, you should be. Uh, the other thing was uh, me and Adrian finally finished season three of Thunderbolt Fantasy. Literally today half an hour ago yeah literally half an hour ago <laughs> uh but yeah thunderbolt fantasy good god i can't i can't get into it without completely without having well one having to explain the context and then spoiling some of the best stuff of season three mm. you know what i mean i don't have the uh the soundboard pulled up but uh, mm-hmm. y- you know everything on this show is uh, comes with the caveat of a spoiler warning. So if you well, wanted you, to, you could. Yeah, but I don't. But it would require me entirely explaining like a bunch of other shit as a preamble for context for a for a spoiler. Ah, never and mind. And it's like that. it's not not even worth it. Yeah. Uh, but point is, if you haven't watched Thunderbolt Fantasy, you should. It's the only good thing Genrobuchi has ever written. Wow. And, and I say this as someone who likes Fate Zero. Okay. Correction. That's... When I say I like Fate Zero, I like Eskandar and Waver. Okay. But anyway. Um, the other thing was uh, it's part of the, the upkeep slash spoiler cast. And I also watched Jellystone. I watched a little bit of Jellystone. Yeah, I watched like the first five episodes. Okay. So not much more than I did. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's it's definitely a C it's Greenblatt show. Yeah, it really feels yeah, it, it has his feel all over it. Yeah. It's just And I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, it's not as funny as Chowder is. At least no. so far. Like. I'm sure it gets there. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's just I don't think. I, it's one of those things where I'm like. I'm always. Especially for a comedy show. 
you give it like give it till season two until yeah. they hit their stride truly the 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 actors have to get a feel for their characters mm-hmm. and the writers have to get a feel for their characters yeah and, and yeah what they want to do with the show and the exact what kind yeah. of what kind of jokes were etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah look at parks and rec that's a perfect example mm-hmm. it's tired talking about it but hell i'm tired of talking about parks and rec but it's a perfect example those first season and a half is kind of weak yeah and this is true of a lot of shows like it, it's the first season problem which i think we've mentioned a couple of times this is true yeah. of like any show really but especially yeah. of anything comedy focused yeah there are exceptions obviously it's funny how movies have the opposite problem where sequels are almost universally worse yeah with some exception with some exception but in the long run and like the in the 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 uh the large sample size in general yeah the sequels are never aren't always as good but yeah it, there, there are exceptions always yeah like Toy Story is a perfect example of, yes, you know, the second film being better than the first. And the third being better than the second, maybe. Or Shrek. Yeah. Shrek, Shrek 2 is better than the first one. Or yeah. Empire Strikes Back versus New Hope. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I... Hmm. It's arguable. There are people. Yeah. Who will... No. 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 I. I think that's the prevalent opinion generally. Most it people is. like, oh, Empire's way better. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with it. But I don't yeah. either. I'm. But then again, I'm one of those people who actually likes Return of the Jedi. That was the first one I saw as a little kid. I don't get people who hate on Return of the Jedi. I like Return of the it, Jedi. It, it's people who don't like the Ewoks. Yeah. And yeah. Like. Whatever. Yeah. Ewoks are fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm ambivalent about the Ewoks. Yeah. Just how I'm ambivalent about Jar Jar Binks. Well, Jar Jar Binks is actually a racist character. Well, that's true. But, I mean, in terms of, like... like th- th- there, there's an actual problem with Jar Jar. No, but that's, uh, not, what, that's not what a bunch of nerds are yeah, complaining that, that's, about. Yeah, yeah. They're complaining no, about him not. being annoying. Yeah. Which, I mean... 3PO's annoying, but in a funny way. Yeah, I love 3PO. Yeah, same here. Uh, so yeah, uh, but but Jellystone, Jellystone. Yeah, yeah, Jellystone. Um, is is funny. It's just not as funny as like Chowder. Yeah. Like I can't believe the first episode is literally just the Vor episode. Yeah. And kind of the second one, too. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I will say this, though. Yeah. At least they're doing something interesting with these Hanna-Barbera characters. Yeah, because a lot of them have just kind of been sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, and it, it's better than just rehashing, like, Wacky Racers or... Uh, well, Yogi's Delivery Service or whatever it was called. I mean, to be fair, there is a new Wacky Racers show. Yeah, I know. Just, you know. As, wait, did... I haven't I didn't watch all of season one, and I don't know if Dick Dastardly actually shows up in this show. 
I'm pretty sure it's just the animal characters. No, because uh, Johnny no. Quest and Haji were in the trailer. That's right. I didn't see them in any of the episodes I watched, so there might be I only watched s- the first three. So there might be a season. Oh yeah, you only watched the first three, so they might be in the later episodes. Yeah. So that means we might also see space ghosts and uh, the Her- I hope so the Herculoids. Yeah. Oh my God! Please let space ghosts be voiced by uh, fucking what's his name? Uh, the guy who did him in Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yeah, I I kind of don't think they will. If I, they do Space Ghost, I don't think they will. But that'd be so funny. It would be perfect, but remember, they're trying to, like... This is supposed to be a complete reimagining. I know. I know. I... I, I okay. Listen. Mm-hmm. I want it to be him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think it will be him. Like, that man delivers one of my favorite lines in any piece of anything ever. Yeah. Where that there's that episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast where Birdman takes over his uh, position for a little bit. Yeah, I, and, I remember. Yeah, then he comes back. Well, you're supposed to be dead. And you're supposed to be dumpster diving for, for ham scraps, you six-piece chicken McNobody. Uh yeah. Anyway, um, let's see, there was Dungeon Mystery, there's that, and then uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else worth mentioning. Um, uh, no, 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 but, nope. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think in order. <clears throat> I read a bunch of comics, but I don't really feel like getting into that. Because uh, mm-hmm. I don't even remember fully which ones I read. I just remember reading a bunch of comics. Yeah, you just it just <laughs> happened. Yeah, I, I do mean com like American like Marvel DC yeah, you, stuff. You woke up on you just woke up uh, and there was just like almost like a food coma. There was just comics everywhere. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um like what happened and then you just look down and it's fucking there's a oh god what's his name joke is gone i've already <laughs> lost the timing on it fair enough uh i did read a bunch of manga too though but like it was mostly just like something i had been reading had like a mass update because I hadn't updated in a couple months. Yeah. Uh, the scan later is just caught up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Centaur World. Yeah, I know. I just remember the, the joke was going to be a Rob Liefeld joke, but... Anyway, Centaur World. Okay. Yeah, Centaur World is... I've heard, I've heard things about Centaur World. I... You know, okay. So it's a musical. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a, I in the, the trailer. Made I, that I know. I, I'm, I'm working to something. Okay. All right, all right. It's a musical where they're all aware that they're singing. Ah. It's explicitly that they're aware that they're singing. Okay. All right. And um. I feel that should justify getting away from the need of 
a song to move forward the plot because now they're singing the the, the songs are just extended jokes. Yeah, the, when when it's that because th- at that point you're like parodying. You're being it's like a, like you can have well, good, here's... like not to say that the songs aren't good or that like there aren't legitimate songs in it, but like at that point it's like oh if you're aware of it and you're pointing out if you're lampshading the entire idea, then that becomes parody. I don't quite see it as lampshading. I mm. just see it as they're, they're, the characters are aware that they're singing. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the times, the songs do move forward the plot, or they provide exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes they are just, like, an extended joke. Now, uh, but it, it, yeah. The real question is, are the songs good? I bought the soundtrack all right well now i have to watch this show yeah um i also pretty read readily will buy soundtracks when they're available like that, yeah. that that's not like a but it is music i actually want to listen to so okay um who uh who, direct, who made this i forget i know I saw... oh uh let me pull it up yeah, I remember, uh, I remember seeing it on Twitter, and they mentioned the creator, but I forget uh, exactly who it was. I will say that it has a big. It, it kind of reminds me of a mix of like Star versus the Forces of Evil, oh. and um, um, Forever Twelve, and oh, just yeah, like well, a yeah. lot of the surface. Yeah, yeah. Aesthetic is lol, random, Lisa Frank, spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, Betty Spaghetti type of thing. It also, um, uh, Megan Nicole Dong created and directed. Yes, uh, Megan Dong, yes. Um, she also voices the character of Glendale, who is possibly one of my favorite characters. The, yeah, the, the, it also gave me vibes of like, oh, this is clearly trying to parody My Little Pony. Um, maybe a little. Mm-hmm. My Little maybe Pony. Maybe a little. My Little Pony and shows of a similar tone, like Care Bears. It definitely feels like they're trying to make, yeah, Care I would say Care Bears more than My Little Pony. Maybe original My Little Pony, not Friendship is Magic. Oh, yeah, no, like, like the My Little, well, like the My Little Pony movie with, like, the schmooze and... The, yeah. the old Care Bear specials with like cold heart. Oh, let me tell you though, the plot though the plot is real. Oh yeah, no, I'm aware. I'm aware that shit happens in this show. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, it 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 has a very light and funny veneer to it, but the shit gets real. Yeah, uh, that that is something that's important to get across. Um, yeah, it was created by Meg Megan Dong. Uh, there's a pretty good writing room here, good sized writing room here, and uh, she only directed one of the episodes, but uh, these are names I'm familiar with as the other directors: uh, Jen Bennett, oh. Christina Manrique, uh, Jeremy Polgar, Katie Shanahan. I don't know where I'm familiar with them from, but they seem familiar to me. Yeah, they sound familiar. Maybe, you know what? Let's see if we can do a little... Let's see. Jen Bennett uh, directed the most of the episodes, the most episodes out of all the directors. She's the only one who directed three. 
Uh oh, she was in the art department for She-Ra ah. and Young Justice ah. and Beware the Batman and Venture Brothers. Yep. All right. Uh, she also did some uh, art department for Ben Ten, uh, the TV series shorts at least, mm-hmm. as a supervising storyboard director. Okay. Uh, she did some work on DC Superhero Girls. She was a storyboard artist for three episodes of Venture Brothers. Uh, Rapacity in Blue, which I believe... Is that... No, that's next season, isn't it? That's next season. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Faking Miracles and Hostile Makeover. Hostile Makeover is season six. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. That's season one of season... Episode one of season six. Uh, she storyboarded on uh, Legend of Korra and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christina yeah. Manrique also worked on She-Ra. Okay. And Venture Bros. Uh, both they were both in the art department together. Okay. And uh, oh, Jer- oh, okay. no, no, she sorry, worked on. on. I'm sorry, Marinke also worked on Rise of the TMNT. Okay. Uh, Scooby doing the Gourmet Ghost, DC Superhero Girls. A one, two, three, four, five, six episodes of the Venture Brothers as a storyboard artist. Okay. Uh, Batman versus Robin, Justice League, Throne of Atlantis, a couple more Scooby Doo movies, some uh, DC animated uh, stuff like the movies. So yeah. Yeah. They, they worked in similar. Okay. Uh, they were they worked on similar things together. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Polgar uh, was in the art department for OKKO, for Thundercats Roar, for Motor City. Uh, for the Black Panther animated feature, mm-hmm. uh, also for Big City Greens, Long Gone Gulch, oh, uh, the Cuphead show. He was a storyboard supervisor for one episode. I'm looking forward to that show. Yeah, uh, he did something. He did additional storyboard on one episode of the uh, the final season of Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh. Spaceballs, the animated series. I forgot. Go tell Ricky Scrotum. I forgot that that was a thing. Yeah. And Teen Titans Go. And a lot more in the animation department. Yeah. Uh, Katie uh, Shanahan was on, has been a storyboard artist on Fairly Odd Parents, Bunsen is a Beast, uh, Wild Kratts, which I genuinely like. Wild Kratts is a fun show. It's a it's a for a younger set, but it's a fun mm-hmm. show. Okay. Uh, the basic you know, you remember the Krat Brothers? Uh, they're More like, or less, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they it's like an animated show where like teach kids about animals. Oh, I never saw that, but I yeah. Yeah, and then the the it's like Kim Possible esque, and the the premise is, is that like they have these suits that let them imitate animal powers. Mm. It's a fun show. Yeah. Uh, garage. They worked on Garage Band. Johnny Quest. Not John. Not Johnny. Johnny Test, rather. Johnny Test. Yeah. Uh, for a few episodes. Uh, anything else? Uh, Life in the Dream House. Okay. Bunch of stuff I haven't heard of, but yeah. I'm in the last. Then, yeah, last. You uh, can go ahead and go ahead with the. Uh, Megan Dong, the the final one. Uh. The the creator. Uh, obviously, Centaur World, Pinky Malinky, Captain Underpants, Adventures of Puss in Boots, How to Train Your Dragon 2, uh, 
Pac-Man, The Ghostly Adventures. Uh, Sunset Strip, Black Dynamite, Metalocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baton. I don't know what Baton is. Uh, what is Baton? I don't either. It's... It looks interesting. Baton anime. Uh, here, I'll send you the IMDb Oh, it's page. a... Yeah, I'm looking oh, at you it. You got it? It's okay. A, it's a film. Yeah. 2009. Directed by Kitamura. Uh, interesting. Looking at what else. That, that seems to be mostly it. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this this is a familiar crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, They've worked on some stuff we've, uh, we've yeah. seen. Yeah. Then uh, horse is voiced by the uh, by Kimiko Glenn, which uh, will rec- you should recognize as uh, Lena from Ducktales. Yeah. Also, Penny Parker in Into the Spider Verse. Hell yeah. Uh, and a couple live acts, live action stuff too. Uh, Megan Hilty is the name you should be familiar with as Wamawink. Oh right, right. She was um. Wait, don't tell me. I don't want to. Oh, it's going to bug me. I'll, uh, I'll... I'll try to find something familiar. Come on. You can do this. You can do it. Come on. She was in, uh... Fucking... Mostly live-action stuff. Yeah, I recognize her from something specific, and I don't want to look it up. I want to remember. Oh, she was in um, Wicked. She was in Wicked as Glinda. No, really, she was no. though. I'm, uh, maybe not the original cast. Uh, two thousand five to two thousand eight, Glinda. In Gershwin Theater production of Wicked. 2005-2006. And then back again in late 2006 uh, as a North American tour. Yep. So she's played Glinda a few times on Wicked. That's what I recognize her from. Okay. Uh, anyway. It's not who I think of when I think of Glinda. But, uh... Yeah, well. It's just that that was what I recognized her from. Because that yeah. was probably the production of Wicked that I saw. Got it. Got it. But yeah, she's been in a lot of uh, live action stuff. Yeah, um, I think the most recognizable one would probably be uh... it was never a consistent character in most shows. No, she's she's a character actor. A lot of one off stuff. She, yeah. she did have a couple consistent characters. She was Prisma and Sophia the First and Princess uh, Charlotte for people who've seen Sophia the First, which is not me. Yeah, uh, definitely not our. Uh, that's a much much younger. Unless we want to start talking about Blue's Clues on this show. I mean, I have heard very good things about it. Same with. Uh, I have too. Elena of Alador. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that they're trying to like make uh, like a Disney princess verse with like. Frozen and Tangled and these two. Yeah. Yeah. Which, 
okay. Yeah, sure. Why not, right? Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think Center World is ripe for an episode of our show, personally. We should definitely consider it, then, because I, I want to watch it now. Yeah, it it's really good. I I would actually I we we have tentative plans for this seat for the rest of this season, but I would really consider switching something out in favor of this. Yeah, we might uh might talk about it in their future together, and what we pair it with, we don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, because I really liked it, and I would not mind watching it again. Maybe we could finally <laughs> do uh, Infinity Train. This would be an interesting pairing with it, but yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, highly recommend. I it it was consistently funny, and the music was fun to listen to. And ooh, the cat episode, the the cats episode, mm. it reminded me why I hated cats so much when I was a kid. As in the musical. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, 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 there's an episode with cat tars that is definitely oh. trying to ape on on cats a little bit, to... at least with the music. All right, I got you. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's really only when the cats are singing that it's like that, because the rest of the time it's very fun. At least, uh, it, it's kind of aping on uh, the pageant culture of that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's one character that's sort of like a, a shore leave type, if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh the the zebra centaur is very much the flamboyant one. Flaming homosexual. Yeah. Uh voiced by Parvesh China. Hmm. The character of Zulius. Mm-hmm. Uh Who's Raj on Craig of the Creek? Hmm. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I watched that this week. That was a lot of fun. I'm trying to think, what else? Uh, no, that's it. So let's just uh, let's talk Masters of the Universe Revelations because that that that's our spoiler cast this week. Yep. Even though this would also be ripe for an episode, but because it's only like six episodes, five, five episodes. Sorry, five episodes. I, if the subsequent seasons, however many there may be, are also this short, I think we could probably bang the entire series out with one episode, honestly. Yeah, and we might, we'll probably watch it as it comes out and like do spoiler cast for it, but when it's all done, we might revisit it if we have any other opinions as a whole package. Yeah, talk about it in its totality rather than season to season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it was written... Kevin Smith holds both the titles for uh, written by and story editor. Yeah, he's he's been wanting to get this done for a long time. Yeah. It's... Uh... It's, it's divisive, and I think it's a very good show. Yeah, let's get this out of the way. Um, you're going to be one of those guys that complains about, but where's He-Man? Go away. 
I don't want to hear yeah. from you. Go away. This sh this show, not just this show, but this podcast isn't for you. Yeah. Go away. Anyway. Hi. I. I really love it the way it was. I would have liked a little more He-Man and like flashbacks. We might get more as the, the show goes. Oh, we on. definitely will. Yeah. Um, because hey, uh, spoiler: <laughs> Prince Adam dies at the very end of the. He dies season. at the beginning, and he dies at the end. Yeah. Uh, and there's no coming back this time because he's not in Preternia. I was when we got to, okay. Let's just when we got to the end of this, and they um. Do we do we want to just go into this like, or do we want to like try and take this a little step by step? Because uh, let's let's just let the conversation happen organically, yeah, yeah. dude. But yeah, when we got to the end and they finally got the two swords, and we were like, yeah, they're reforged. Like hell yeah, go to Grayskull. And I'm like, I'm looking at the uh, how many minutes we have left in this episode, and I'm yeah. like, oh, something bad's about to happen. <laughs> Yeah. They killed my favorite goddamn character. Robota. How the fuck do you... No, Orko! Orko! I can't believe it. I can't believe they made me cry about Orko. I'm angry. <sighs> I'm angry I... that they made me fucking give a shit and cry about Orko. I already gave a shit about Orko. I... I, like, I thought he was annoying, but, like, God, I fucking love that little... He's just a... He, he's, um... That, that, that Final Fantasy character everybody likes. Vivi? Vivi. Like, at least aesthetically, he's Vivi. Yeah, it's just... I can't believe the... You know... You know who I didn't think would make me fucking cry when I started watching this show? Who? Cringer. Yeah. The fucking tiger made me well up and cry like a little bitch. <sighs> when, when Adam came back and he saw him again fucking sobbing. Do you think we're going to get uh, Cringer un unhinged because he watched Adam die twice? Uh, I want Cringer to... I don't know what we're going to... What, what's going to happen with Cringer. Is Cringer going to become like the new like Battle Cat for whoever takes the sword later? Because that's what's going to happen, right? Is that No, like someone else will take the sword. Yes, that I agree with. I don't believe it'll be Cringer. Because uh, Ichi Man has their own steed. Yeah, it's just the who whoever takes the sword and whoever their new steed is, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, we're obviously like um setting up for Tila, but I wouldn't be shocked if we went like we did the swerve. It's a, Tila becoming He Man would be the swerve because in everything else, Tila becomes the new sorceress. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I think that's still what everyone's kind of expecting, and that is definitely the thing that Men at Arms has been wanting to tell her this entire time, that she's just like, later. I hate that. Uh, I hate that so much. That annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. It, like, it was like, just, just, in five seconds. It's the unpacking that comes afterwards that will take too much time. Uh, yeah, I know. Um... Uh. Just bugs me. It yeah, it it's supremely annoying. Don't get me wrong, but I understand why. Um You know, I recognize the guy who is man at arms in this. 
uh, Liam Cunningham. Yeah. Um, I've heard his voice very recently, and I don't know where I heard it. Uh, did you watch Game of Thrones? Because he's Davos Seaworth there. No. No. He's Balthramar in Rick and Morty. Hmm. Uh, that bugged me. I'll, I'll, it'll probably come to me way later and it won't even be relevant anymore. Oh, do you remember if it was animated, a video game, it was live a vo- action? I think he was the voiceover voice in those of Money Supermarket He-Man commercials. Um, But I'm probably wrong. Probably. I don't think that would be on IMDb. Probably not. Yeah, commercial stuff never is. <laughs> so we'll, ne- yeah. we'll probably never know. But a random... I do love his voice in this. He's Like, this cast... Chef's kiss. Amazing. 10 out of 10. He was in Merlin. Oh, yeah. He was in Merlin. As Ruidan. Uh... <clears throat> but, um... Anyway. Yeah. We had a lot of uh a lot of uh, fucking stars in this. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are both in this. Yeah. Kevin Conroy is Merman of all people. That is a weird casting, honestly. And Diedrich Bader is uh King Randor and Trapjaw. Yeah. Uh Sarah Michelle Geller is Tila. Uh, Chris Wood is He-Man. Alan Oppenheimer was the Moss Man? Yep. Wild. Uh, Lena Headey was Evelyn. I'm pretty sure he was Moss Man in the original, too. He might have been. I never saw the original. Uh... Okay, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson is a Beast Man. Yeah. And, uh, Dennis Habert is King Grayskull. Who, by the way... Yep. Sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sir. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer was a lot of people in the original Masters. Yeah, that doesn't... Yeah, uh, We mentioned... We talked about Alan Oppenheimer quite a bit when we talked about uh, Bravestar in the very first episode. Yeah. Because he was um, Stampede. Yes. So we, and we mentioned like that he was just everywhere in the filmation stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, so that I'm, I'm glad he, even if he wasn't specifically Moss Man in the original, I'm glad he got to be in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. It wouldn't have been right without him mm-hmm. in some way. But he's been in a lot of shit. So to go over his entire, it would take an entire, it would take way too long. For at least Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Man-at-Arms, Cringer, Skeletor, Battle Cat, uh, Dr. Shaveen, Angus Aw, Captain Falk. Jesus, man. Uh, Storyteller, Morningstar, Roboto, uh, Slave Master, 
Smudge. And that's, this is just Masters of the Universe. Uh, King Tamusk. Uh, grandfather. It was also... Uh, oh, yeah, obviously he returned for She-Ra, as were all the other voices. Yeah. But anyway. Prolific. Yeah. Pro... I'm surprised he's still alive. He ain't, uh, he ain't no spring chicken, he's but 91, he's 91 years old. God damn it. God bless. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. But, um, anyway. Tree Summers, the priestess. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the one that Tila does the job for at the start. Yeah, yeah there's, like. There's just lots of Jason Muse's Stinkor. Oh my god, that was Jason. That was him, really? Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Come on, it's Kevin Smith. Of course, he's going to give his best fucking friend. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, I don't think there's a single thing except maybe Jersey Girl that he hasn't put Jason Muse in, and that's because the tone of Jersey Girl is different. Yeah, Phil Lamar is hero. Alicia Silverstone as Queen Marlena. Tony Todd as Scareglow. Susan Eisenberg with the Sorceress? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, was Eilina. Uh, Henry Rollins is fucking Tricop. Yeah. Tony Todd. Scareglow. Tony fucking Todd. Holy shit. What a cast. Yeah. It's big, man. It's big. Oh, wow. Alright, let's talk about the series on the whole. Uh... Do we have any... I I don't I think... Other than the thing I just mentioned about the Sorcerer's thing, I have no negatives. Do you have any negatives you want to get out of the way? I don't like that they killed Orko and Roboto and Adam. I'm fine with killing Adam because that feels like the entire like thesis of the of what they're trying to do but yes I, I, I feel you on Orko and Roboto I, I just I enjoy character death and stuff but I don't enjoy gratuitous character death mm-hmm. I, I, I think they should Adam yeah makes sense with Adam I think they should have chosen between Orko and Roboto yeah yeah, I feel you. It, we didn't need two heroic sacrifices on the journey. Yeah. Because, like, you know... It, but I, then again, it it doesn't overall hurt the series. It's just more of a personal... It's a sticking point. Yeah, it's a, it's stick, a sticking It's a point. more of a personal beef. Yeah, but yeah. aside from that, I have no complaints at all. No, no. that That, that is literally my only complaint. Like my only complaint. This is this show's great. <laughs> it's tightly written. It has good patter, which is a, a Kevin Smith uh, hallmark. Mm-hmm. Like the character dialogue is really strong. Yeah. Uh, has good pacing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of has to to be five episodes. Yeah. Um, it never feels like it goes too fast, and never feels like it's going too slow either. No. And they're dense five episodes too. Yeah. Like, but they don't feel like 
overburdened, you know? Yeah, they get they get a lot accomplished with very little. Like the one scene with Evelyn and Orko is all you need to get like the to get Evelyn's thing and Orko's thing right yeah. out of the way. The vibe, you know? Yeah. God, I I'm really hoping Evelyn does a like a, a double. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna on... I think that it's the double where she's gonna like she she does this now. And then what's gonna happen is is that as Skeletor does she she's gonna have her doubts and then like we're probably setting up for like she's gonna try and betray Skeletor and Beastman is gonna follow her because Beastman loves her. Yeah. The only thing I disagree with is I don't think it's gonna be doubts. I think she saw an opportunity like I'm taking this opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's better they don't know my plan. Oh yeah, like she knew that Skeletor was gonna do this, so she wanted to like yeah. Oh no 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 no. Skeletor came back and he offered her a place. Mm. And all that mental trigonometry just took place in the blink of an eye and she was like, I got this. Mm-hmm. Because she's that fast calculator, you know? She She's not a person with, like, personal doubts all that much, you know? I mean, some, obviously, but the, the episode with Orko pretty much shows that. But I, I think in this one, it's like... I, I don't think this is... I, I just think it's going to be... Uh, you, Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, from the trailer, I honestly thought what was going to happen was... Um, they were going like instead of reforging the sort sort of power, it was going to be sort of a uh, Skeletor gets one sword and the other side gets the other sword sort of deal. Mm. I thought that that's what was going to happen. At that point, they're just uh, ripping off Black Star, though. Is the thing? I mean, yeah, but like everything, everything's <laughs> ripping off everything, right? I mean, Black Star was ripping off He Man. Yeah, to right. Be honest, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hold on. Two very boring minutes later. Uh, yeah. So the the two swords and yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the two swords. Um, like I said, I thought we were gonna like have a situation where it was split between the two, and yeah. it was. And then the the real twist was is that like the evil dark looking sword was gonna give be given to Teela or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, but no, it's just sword of power reforged. Um, I don't know if that tidbit about them being two swords was in the original Masters of the Universe. I do not believe it was. Yeah. If it was, it might have been the comics, but that... I haven't seen enough of the original Masters of the Universe. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of these references that are clearly lost on me as someone who didn't watch a lot of Masters, the original He-Man Masters of the Universe. Yeah. I think I've seen, like, two or three episodes of that, and then I also... I watched the 2002 reboot, which I don't feel like was a big influence on this one at all. No, I don't either. But then again, I don't remember much from that show. Uh, I remember a little. It was mostly episodic. They started to get the hint of... It was a... They, they were starting to hint, get a hint of something towards the end, particularly with uh, Tila being the sor- ne- next sorceress. Okay. Uh, but... We did kind of get something with that. With uh, Kayla had like these weird marks on her forehead when she used when she used with the sword, and when they were in uh, 
Yeah. The, the underworld. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was an excellent first season. Yeah. Uh, Wish there was more. I'm not crazy about how short it was. That that yeah. was my next point. Um. But uh, I, I actually shortly after I finished watching this, I uh, went ahead and I, I was like, maybe I'll watch those uh, Netflix Transformers things. And they also only have like six episode seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's just like their toy company deal. Like they, they give small seasons to toy companies. Oh, apparently there's a uh, after show talking about the first season with Kevin Smith. Yeah, that makes sense. That that's the sort of thing he likes to do. Yeah, it's Kevin Smith, Rob David, and Tiffany Smith. Okay. But yeah, it looks like uh, I don't know where you can find that. Oh, I'm sure you can find that on all the usual podcatcher things. Mm-hmm. It seems it sounds like a podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, damn it. Hmm. I'd like to listen to that. Uh, oh, it's on Netflix. Ah, well, yeah. Yeah, it's a Netflix thing. So, you'll have to watch it on Netflix or we're... Or, uh... Yeah, see... Yeah, but um, speaking of little, Mark uh, Hamill, yo ho Mark... ho, if you know what I mean. Yeah, speaking of uh, Mark Hamill, Skeletor. Look. Yeah, he did a good. Oh, that that wasn't. Yeah, I I was more going like the. Oh no, I know. The gang. But you, oh, you, yeah. you did the Skeletor voice, so it's just like fair enough. Yeah, Mark uh, Hamill, Skeletor, just it's it's Mark Hamill, man. Yeah, I do need to say though, um, mm-hmm. Skelegod was spoiled by action figures. Oh, that sucks. Uh, the action figures were released like two weeks before this came out, and oh, one of the on. deluxe figures was Skelegod. Come on, man! Though the first wave was uh, He Man, uh, Mossman, Evelyn, and. What's the last? This action figure looks sick as fuck, though. They're okay. They, they they kind of have small heads, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a pretty common issue. Getting the scale of the heads just right is a common problem with a lot of action yeah. figure companies. But but can I sell you? Can I sell you on? Uh this um this tiny skelegod yeah that's pretty good this is very good i want this i want i want one of these of orco amazing yeah uh sorry i'm trying i'm, I'm looking up
I like that this is probably just Kevin Smith's writing, but it really feels like he's going for a very sassy Skeletor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty on brand. Which I like. I, I'm oh, here for Skeletor success. was the last one in the se- in the first series. Oh, so, well, I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm here for a sassy Skeletor. I like sassy Skeletor. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, because clearly Kevin Smith's intention is to like, is is to both celebrate He Man and deconstruct it at the same time. Yeah. Like I love that the and the continue flash- it. Yeah, yeah, and continue. And the I love that the flashback episode uh, flashbacks are literally just like lampshading how silly the old show is. Yeah. And, like the really bad like one liners and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It, I don't know. I I like that. It's it's fun. It 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 was very fun, and I would like that series too. Just a a. Uh better animated version of the 80s show mm-hmm. uh but not more than i want this is the thing yeah uh, um, th- this is the far more interesting choice and i think it's the far more better choice but i would not turn the other thing down at the same time yeah the other the other thing that i'm glad about for this show is that while there it's clearly more mature and has blood they the tone doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. You know what it's I mean? It's not Edge Lord. It, yeah. It, it's not. It. It's not. It's Edgelord. very modern, Kevin Smith. Yeah. It. It's not trying too hard to be edgy or like, deep. Like it, it is deconstruction, but it's not like. Again, trying. It, I can't think of another phrase other than it's not. It doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. Yeah. Which is a problem you can run into when you try and deconstruct something. Yeah, I. It doesn't really even feel like a deconstruction to me. It just feels like Mattel wanted to make a new Masters of the Universe show. Technically, they wanted to make two new ones because there's also going to be one on Nickelodeon. Uh, Probably more lighthearted. Oh yeah, that that is uh, like a CG one. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's CG at least, and it, it it's probably more in line with the '80s show. Yeah. Um. Probably more like I wouldn't quite say Thundercats roar, but mm. uh, probably probably more in line with what people remember from the eighties or what people realize what? was the eight. No, 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 no. Not what people want. I have a pretty good grasp on what people on what the the dumbasses who complain about this series want uh, yeah. because I'm in a collector's group that is primarily those people. Uh, oh man, you were in the trenches. Yeah. Um, I don't think they quite remember the show. They remember the. Sh- you remember how like a show mm-hmm. you watched as a kid. You remember being so badass and cool and hardcore, and then you look at it like, oh, this is, this is, this is fucking stupid. It's like people remembering the old Transformers show. Exactly. It, I mean, it's the same group. It's the same group. Yeah, it's it's the same group. It's like when people complained about. Remember when uh, Platinum made that Transformers action game? Yeah. 
And everybody was like, this is, this is so over the top and silly. And I'm like, Did, hey, remember, <laughs> <the> show. <laughs> remember that one episode of the original show where the Transformers chaperoned a high school dance? <laughs> or that one episode where the Stunticons left the Transformers to go make movies in Hollywood? Yeah. There's, um... Or that, no, or that one arc in the story where this mobster found, like, Megatron lost his memory and couldn't transform back into a robot and was just a gun, and a mobster stole him and used Megatron as a gun to, like, steal shit? Anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a similar, there's a tweet I really like, because there's, there's a lot of the same going on with the G.I. Joe uh, fandom right now, because of the uh, current toy line. Yeah. And, uh, there's some genuine complaints in there because the distribution is absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the the uh, the dumb complaint is that all the guns look like Nerf guns because a lot of them are based on Nerf guns because Hasbro owns both GI Joe and Nerf, um, and yeah. a lot of people are moving away from having realistic guns even in, with action figures. Yeah. Uh, like, DC just straight up told every person who has toy or statue licenses, in the promotional pictures, you cannot show any guns, even if it comes with guns. Yeah. Uh, which, mixed bag to me, personally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to glorify guns, but if my Deathstroke doesn't come with guns i'm i'm kind of pissed (laughs) Mm -hmm. um because i feel like slade wilson should have a machine gun Mm -hmm. or my frank castle doesn't have uh, a shotgun i'll be kind of pissed Mm -hmm. uh but i'm getting away from myself but basically there's a lot of people who are like oh gee but in the old cartoons they used laser rifles like come on yeah and uh there was a twitter a tweet uh, from a, a a collector I follow, who makes the funny posts, um, mm-hmm. sort of in response to those people, and he posted a clip where uh, everyone dresses up sort of like uh, like it's a Snake Eyes, Scarlet, a few other people. Uh, they dress up basically like um, not Madonna. She was involved with pro wrestling in the 80s. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. I know who you're talking about. I know who Yeah, uh, someone writes me, but they, they were kind of dressed up like her, and they all just started dancing to get away from Cobra because they weren't, Cobra wasn't sure they were in there, but it was just Snake Eyes in a wig and a tiger print dress with his ninja mask still on. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that clip. That's a good clip. I love G.I. Joe. We'll get to that later this season. Um, yeah. Uh, these shows aren't as butch as you remember, you dumbasses. They're not as cool as you remember. They were 22-minute toy commercials. With bad you... animation. Listen, I don't... I don't want to like 
um, how I put this. I don't want to like uh, put labels on anybody, but Prince Adam wears pink. <laughs> like y'all yeah. need to y'all need to like calm down. He rocks it. Don't get me wrong. Prince Adam looks great, but he did. He does wear pink. Yeah. He's not like he's not as fucking cool as you think he is. What's or that he's English not, phrase? He's not. He's, he's not, not hench. People. Yeah, which isn't to say you can't be cool when you wear pink. Because hey, look at Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, the Macho Man wore pink all the time. Yep, but those type of people who complain about these shows or complain about this are the type of people who would like make that comment. You know? They're the same people who complained about She-Ra. Exactly. Like, of power. She-Ra's design being bad and I'm like I remember looking at the design for like 20 minutes and just staring at it and just like what could they possibly be complaining about? I don't yeah. understand and then They're... realizing, and then realizing, oh, I get it now. You're all dumb. Yeah, they're also the same group. Well, the previous generation, but the same mentality as the people who complained about Lola Bunny in the new Space Jam. No tits. Yeah. Which I know it's a tragedy, but we have to move on. I do think there is a, a genuine um, uh, criticism of that move of, like, can't be conventionally sexy and competent. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think, in general, being le- being overly concerned with the design of Lola Bunny in either direction is stupid. I mean, my favorite version of Lola is the one from the Looney Tunes show. Same. I love her. She's so God, stupid. I want to do. Th- I want to watch that show. I, wanna I do, do t- that show. I want to also- show. I want to do that show for the show too. We'll, we'll eventually I, do it. Yeah, we might just have to do an episode that's just that because I can't think of any other like really good. All the other animated sitcoms are not that good. We could watch Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah. That movie's funny. Fuck off. No, it is. I just don't enjoy either of the live-action crossover animation Bugs Bunny movies. Mm. Looney Tunes movies. I I enjoyed them the time I saw them, and I never felt the need to rewatch them. I genuinely love Looney Tunes back in action. Brendan Fraser is great. In that I mean, movie. yeah, Brendan Fraser's great in everything he's in, even if it's Drek. But, and I'm not calling this movie Drek. Don't get me wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. He has been in some Drek, though. He has. Uh, George of the Jungle 2. Yeah, but George of the Jungle 1 is still a masterpiece. Debatable. It, uh, it's, it, it, it know the fun, the thing about George of the Jungle, the original, it knows what it it's is. It's stupid, yeah. It I, knows I, that it's stupid, and it constantly points out how stupid it is that this movie even exists. I don't think that's enough to make it a masterpiece, is my only thing. I mean, it, it is also funny. It but is. anyway. Yeah, I... I... It, it, we, let's not get into the, the George of the Jungle. 
we have to. I'm just on. saying, I think it's a good solid eight. Fair enough. I'll take. Though Brendan Fraser in that movie is a good solid ten, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's very attractive in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's very handsome in that movie. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, I don't think I have too much else to say about. Masters of the Universe Revelations is just like there's not much else to say other than like just well go watch it it's fucking amazing yeah fuck yeah it's only five goddamn episodes yeah if you have Netflix please. which most people do most I people do I wish I did but uh, please go watch it and also um give it a positive review and fucking fight back those shitty review bombers yeah. But, um, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think Mattel cares enough either way. Well, it, the, 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 the most telling thing is that it's a 94 with critics and 33 with audiences. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's important to point out that if the disparity is either way very big on that, it usually means the same thing. Yeah. Whether it's real high with uh, viewer reviews and real low with critics, still can mean it's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, look at Pacific Rim. Yeah. Critics hated Pacific Rim, but audiences loved it. Yeah. Which is true of most kaiju films, really. Most action films, really. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's Monsters of the Universe Revelations. Yeah, okay. Let's do uh, their uh, Owl House. We got Knock Knock Knocking on Hootie's Door, and we got uh, Titan uh, Eclipse Light. Man, there's not really much to talk about. This is just a like fun Hootie filler episode. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, it was nice to have to give Hootie an episode, I guess. But like, did we really need it? Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. Well, anyway. one, I would still like that to have that episode. By the way, I mean, I would just, too. Just, just, just a half hour of Hootie making jokes. I would absolutely eat that up. I love Hootie. Um, okay. You know, I love dumb mascot characters. That's like half my mo. Yeah, but jokes aside, I did think this was going to be just a Hootie episode, and then. Literally everything happened in this oh, episode. So much moved forward in this episode. Well, you know what was cool that I don't think people talk enough about it? Was that what? Hootie told us a lot of deep lore about demons. Yes. Demons, which I like. That, liked. yeah. I really. We, there's three types of demons, plus whatever King is um, insect, biped, and beast. beast. And whatever King is. And whatever <laughs> King is. Um, Ida got a new power, which she needed. Harpy monster lady. Yes. Uh, also, King got a new power with his little sonic cries. Literally, turning, literally turning his bratty little shrieks into a weapon. <laughs> yeah. We but, also got some good, uh, I, I'd say, character growth on him. I'd say, or character exploration on him. Yeah, that he just wants to know who he is. Yeah, which who I relate with that. that that's a big adoption kid story there. Uh, yeah. And 
We also got a lot of shit with Ido, like the the flashback with uh, Rain with well that with her the, dad, the, the dads. Yeah, Jesus. we saw what her dad looks like. God damn! And he got fucked up. Yeah, we saw blood, man. In the yeah, show. he either has a scar or he lost an eye or at least sight in an eye. Yeah, he's he probably got an eye patch. Yeah. Or a cool prosthetic, cool magic prosthetic. Ooh, I don't know but what... likely, I have a feeling there's a chance that the healers can fix that, and yeah. he just has a cool scar. Yeah, I hope we see him uh, later. Uh, Me too. I hope we visit the Clawthorn Estate. Oh yeah, I, I want, I want family reunion, Clawthorn time. Yeah, for sure. But um, it was just cool. Having finally building upon the, because uh, um, I think they kind of hinted at it in the Lilith and Mrs. Clawthorn episode that the uh, that the beast ha- it it has more of a personality than we gave it credit for at first. Yes. And then in this episode, we might definitely see that more obviously. Like yeah. It, and we get a little bit more of it in the next episode too. Yeah, it um, not not to you know always make this reference, but like you know, big Naruto. Oh Q- yeah, it, it it's Naruto got vibes. the QB feel all over it. Yeah, the the demon and Nar. Pick your anime where like the protagonist has like the the the, the dark power that they can't control inside of them, you know. I mean, I think this this has specific flavors of Naruto. Oh, it does because it's a big monster and you can transform into it. And... Or, or more contemporarily, uh, Black Clover. Yeah, yeah, Black Clover. Um, it's more but, in line with Black Clover because it's anti magic to some it's, degree. It's like anti magic to some degree, uh, but we don't know the full capabilities of her full form other than like its physical aspect. But Considering D- Dana's age mm-hmm. and how she's closer in age to us to have grown up, oh yeah, she probably or at least watched. been an adolescence with uh, Naruto to some degree. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that's probably a deep uh, connection she has there because it, but there, there's definitely some knowledge there. I'm sure some other people in the writing room. Ah, oh, Dana is only a year older than I am. Which means she's the same age as me, or a year younger than me. She's thirty years old. She's a year younger than me. Yeah. So yeah, she was. She was. She was that kid. For sure. Or she was around during that. Or she knew people that was that were that kid. Or other people in the writing room. Yeah, or the like. People, it yeah. doesn't have to be her. There, yeah, there's like, probably more people in this show in the writing room than her. Yeah, other people around. Her were helping her write the show. It's also just a good idea in general. Oh yeah, no. Like it doesn't even have to be directly because of Naruto. It doesn't. Uh, The idea, like the idea of the dark side, and something inside of you and learning to control it is, you know, it can be very edge lordy, but can also be very like interesting to explore because absolutely. Because the, the that thing inside you could be manifestations of trauma, and you know it's it and literally when you confront the demon, the literal demon, you grow. You know it's yeah. 
it's it's just good it's good it's good writing yeah it can be it can be really bad like again edgelordy but it can also yeah. work really well well it, it depends on the nature of the demon inside you know like mm-hmm. if, if the demon inside you is fucking he then yeah it's edgelordy but if the demon inside you is a, just a little owl creature yeah, a little scared owl creature. Then he's just yeah. a he's just a little creature. He or even kind of helped us. Yeah, or even a, a an angry nine tailed fox demon who just wanted friends. Yeah, like QB is. A, I like QB. Oh yeah, Karama. Yeah, Karama. Yeah, yeah. That's QB's his... what the ninjas call him. Karama. Yeah, QB yeah. is just the yeah the. But Karama is the proper name. Yeah, I like Karama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah. But the 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 big. I mean, the everything was big. But like the thing everybody was talking about in this episode was uh, Emily and Lucy are officially girlfriends. Yes, that's the big one. Ah. I got, all, I got all my screams out when we watched it, though. Yeah, you did. You really did. I don't. I don't have any more like screams for this. It, it's all, it's all done. It's so. I. Everybody like there. There's even up until this episode, there were still those people. It's like, nah, it's not a romantic thing. And it's like, could not make it, it more clear now. Yeah, it's super clear now. We could not make it any more clear. We're going to write it in the sky in fucking light fright. These bitches gay. Them's gay. Them's gay. Also, God, I... I have every single face that on the... When she saw that, when Emmy saw that sign in the Tunnel of Love about her being cool every face she made that just in the journey her face went on i have every single one of those faces saved i love every single face she made in that scene it yeah oh or the two or like the the faces that luce made when she was trying to confess yeah oh it it's a real good sequence my dude it it's a real good sequence and then, and then we get to the end of the episode. King's dead. Hootie eats the letter. God damn it. King, whoever, we don't know who he is. That's true. I'm assuming it's his dad and, you know, what they say about assumptions. Uh, but and then, yeah. it's just, he just eats it and it's like. <clears throat> it's gonna, you know how it's gonna come back up, right? He's just gonna cough it up or something later. I thought it was going to be like a he puts someone else in an owl pellet. Ah, okay. And, and then there. it's some of the debris in the owl pellet when they break out later. Yeah, my favorite thing to come from this episode was just like uh people just figure out exactly what happened to Amity when it happened. Yeah. It's like uh, my favorite one is Edric and uh the 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 other the Amira other. and Edric, yeah. Yeah, they're just sitting there on the couch and she's just sitting between them and then who just like hum and they just look over and just go back to what they're doing. I I I'm caught between uh one where 
I think uh, she's like sitting on like one of those like window seats oh. in, in someone's room, and he just breaks through the glass and eats her. And Amira's staring, and she's like, "What?" And Edra just goes, "Yeah, she's okay." <laughs> and the other one is uh, uh, Hootie gobbles her up, and they look like they're about to protest, and he just says. I'm going to make Lumity Cannon! And they just give the thumbs up and he goes. Got it. <laughs> and Hootie is all of us at the end of the... I wish them all the happiness! <laughs> Hootie Hoot! I don't do good Hootie. Hootie Hoot Hoot! Anyway. Yeah. Um. Next episode, Eclipse Lake. Yeah! Uh, Echo Lake. Eclipse Lake. Titan's Blood. Eclipse Lake. Eclipse Echo Lake is something else. It is. I don't know what, but it is something else. I think I'm combining. I think I'm thinking Echo Park, which is like a yeah. a park in New York, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. We got, we got, first off, right off the bat, we see the Emperor's face, yeah, which I, is... I, like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's human. Clearly. Uh, he's got El- he's got the witch ear though. Yeah, witch ears, I don't. Though. I don't. I don't know, man. Like, is he? I'm very so, curious now. Like, is he half human or something? I got a theory. Oh yeah, I like, got a theory. I'm listening to. I'm listening. What's your theory? I think he took Hunter for a very specific reason, and that's that he wants to trans. It it it's it, it's uh what what's his? It's Danzo. Donzo? Or Orochimaru. Oh, take the body. Take the bo- take Hunter's body, because they look a lot alike. You think Hunter is a clone? There's a chance Hunter's a clone. Uh, what if Bellos is a clone? They've all been clones. This line of clones of the original I don't guy. Think, I don't think it's been long enough. Okay, but because again, it's only been fifty years. Okay, what? Well, okay, Bellos is Bellos could be a clone of the original Kaiba. I think Hunter's a clone of Bellos, okay. or he's just a guy that fits the physical description mm-hmm. that he could steal the body of. I mean, also, I wouldn't have gone with Donzo. I would have gone with Xanor. Yeah, but I don't really have the. Kingdom the Heart, the, the Kingdom Hearts connection. Yeah, fair. I got the Naruto connection. Oh no, Hunter <laughs> got norded. <laughs> oh god, Hunter got norded. Anyway, uh, Hunter's gonna get norded or plan to uh, get norded. Yeah. My main thing to say about this episode is like Hunter, buddy, you need help, man. <laughs> you need therapy. Holy shit, get this kid some help. That scene near the end when he was just like, oh, this? I'm just digging my own grave. You want me to dig you one too? <clears throat> Fuck, dude. Bumming me out. Yeah. Uh, well, we also saw Amity's Palace come in this episode, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, ghost, right? Ghost, yeah, the cat. Yeah. Very cute. Clearly based on uh, Dana's cat. Oh, yeah. She posted the picture. Yeah. 
Very cute cat. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of wish we had gotten more with the B plot of Gus and uh, uh, freaking Willow and Hootie just hanging out. Yeah, that that is that shit was yeah. fucking hilarious. It was, but I think it's best served as light sprinkling. Oh yeah, for sure. Because there was too much shit happening this episode. Yeah, th- this was a busy episode. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it was good. It was. Mm. We got more stuff about um, Titan's blood, also. And yes. the, the the key and the door and just a lot of stuff about um William, the, the whole thing. Philip. Yeah, Philip. Philip. Yes. Why do I keep wanting to call him William? I don't know. It is another Victorian uh, sounding name. I keep getting Pete I, I keep mixing up Philip with Peter or Patrick. And I'm at least stuck on P names. <laughs> yeah, you're at least in the ballpark. <laughs> um uh, but yeah, I'm. St- I th- there's part of me that thinks the journal might be a plant. Mm, interesting. I there's part of me that thinks it fits into Bellus's plan somehow. Hmm. Uh, like he intended for that to be a thing. Yeah. Th- there's a, still another part of me that thinks he might be Philip somehow. Yeah, like he. I don't. I'm very curious what that deal is like. I, I think he might be a descendant or something. A descendant is yeah. A descendant's more likely, but I, there's something in my brain that's really just making me latch onto the idea that he is Philip. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm thinking descendant though, but the 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 because the thing is, is that like when he talks about the human, he says, "I saw it once." You know, which implies yeah. that he hasn't been there. Well, here's the thing I would. Well, he says, I've been there. Not I saw it once. I've been there before. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think that might be cover. Like, he doesn't want to fully let on that he isn't of this world. Yeah. I'm just wondering, why does he have the witch? Experimentation. Yeah, he, he might have implanted a witch heart inside of himself or something. Yeah. Also, you notice how he and uh, Hunter have the same chip in their ear? They do. And the same hair color? Oh, yeah, no, and... they're related, clearly. Yeah. They're, like, whether... Uh, he's, somehow. Whether he's his actual uncle or not is unclear. Yeah. That uncle might have been more literal than I at first thought. Yeah, it might be literal. They might literally be. Um, and then I'm very curious about uh, Philip in the diary mentioned he had a group of people that were lost. And I'm like wondering what that's about. Like, who were they? I'm who? thinking it's possible they could have been people from here. Or it could have been an initial exploration group. Uh, one of them was only wearing one shoe. Which I find interesting. That could just be a little nod to amphibia. It might be a it little nod be something to amphibia. Else. It might be. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Because we did have uh, another nod to amphibia. Not only in that table read, but uh, Hunter has a uh, plushie of... Oh, oh uh, 
Sprague. Of, of Sprague. I keep forgetting Sprague's name for some reason. Yeah, it's Sprague. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing from this episode that was great was um, Amity being Amity. Just not yeah. trying to... Not being new to... Like, basically being new to this girlfriend thing and just doing what she knows. I do like that we've been able to move away from uh, useless gay into seeing her normal oh yeah uh, hyper-competent self mm-hmm. and comfortable somewhat, but you know, a little bit of the new relationship uncertainty, uh, but mostly, yeah. I, I also love that Hunter and... They tried to draw the parallels between Hunter and Amity, which was very good. Yes. Um, and that bit that Amity said about, why is it that when Luz does the friendship thing, it works? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'd just like to take a second to point out uh, other characters that uh, Zeno Robinson, the voice of Hunter, uh, plays. Oh, oh, yeah? Who? Yeah. He's uh, Sakaki in My Hero Akka. Oh. Oh. Uh, Deidoro Sakaki. Okay. Uh, he is Nino uh, in Miraculous, Tale of Lady, Tales of Ladybug and Chat Noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the Green Poncho in Craig of the Creek. Oh, cool. Uh, also Omar and Carter. Mm-hmm. And a couple other voices. Yeah. Uh, he's Remy in, uh, in Big City Greens, mm-hmm. who is... Uh, you know, Cricket's best friend. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've seen a couple episodes. I've seen him. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is also why there's a little uh, Remy figurine in Hunter's room in that um, one clip we saw. Eh? Uh, he's Oka, uh, Shokichi Oka from the dub of Skate the Infinity. Oh, cool. And he's done a lot, he's done a lot more anime stuff, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He also does an additional voices on Amphibia. He's also side note. Very handsome. Shotgun on Apari Ram- Ronman. Oh, well, no, I was going to say he's he's very handsome. Yeah, he's a Yeah, he's he's a he's a fully grown adult so we can say that. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's, very handsome man. He's he's 27 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's fine. He's only 2 yeah. years younger than me. Yeah, I just wasn't. Sh- I wasn't sure if he was one of them Disney kids or not. No, <laughs> That's no, all. I made sure uh, before I said that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, he's in uh, RE Zero. He's Garfield. Who, if you've seen RE Zero, you know who that. I, is. I don't. I know you haven't. I'm talking to the the the, the listeners, the people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does a lot of anime stuff. Oh, he's Hawk. That's who Sasaki is. He's Hawks. Yeah, in Hawk. my hero. Yeah, Hawks, the number two. Yeah, I, I never remember the 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 street names. I just remember the hero names most of the time. Yeah, he's he's Hawks. Yeah, I'm bad with names. Uh, number two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just wanted to take a second to look at that. Uh. I like Hunter. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes. 
Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the Titan's blood they got. Yes. Both people wound up with Titan's blood, so this is... It's just, like, one of them has the the key. It's just, like, Lucy's just trying to recreate the door. Yeah. And he's trying to... And he has the key now. Yeah, so... But I'm wondering if the damage to it made it so that wouldn't work. Very it cool. might not be enough Titan's blood. Yeah. yeah, it might need more or something. Very curious. Yeah. But, um... Let me see. What is the next episode? I believe the next episode is Yesterday's Lie. Yes. Mm. The upcoming episode is called Yesterday's Lie. Is there a, uh... A cat... A, uh... Synopsis? Synopsis, yes, thank you. Uh, let me find out. Yesterday's Lie. Not on Wikipedia, but there might be one on the actual Owl House wiki. Uh, yesterday's Lie. Luz thinks she has found a way back home, but questions if she is ready for what she will find on the other side. Mm, okay. Uh, and the next episode after that is going to be called Follies at the Coven Day Parade. Mm. Oh, wait, hold on. Do we have a full list? Oh, this is the mid-season finale for season two. Oh, we're up. probably going to take a break after this one. Yeah. Uh... Um, I think we actually have a full episode list now. Hold on. Yeah. On the, the wiki. Hmm. How can I get episode? Alright, I think I got it. Oh, the, the, of the listing? Yeah. I'm oh wait, no. The, the uh, here we go. Yeah, yesterday's lie, then follies at the Coven Day Parade, elsewhere and else when, and and any sp any sport in a storm. Yeah. No. I Which, I don't think that's a full season because that's only. It's not. It's just a. Yeah. Yeah, it's halfway. No, it's a little bit further because yesterday's lie is the mid-season finale. Okay. That that's what the Disney Wiki said. All right. Um, then we're probably going to take a break after next. Yeah, episode. and then those might be the next three episodes after the mid-season break. Yeah, um, I'm curious how long the break is going to be. Might come back yeah. in the fall. Maybe. We'll see. The first season was 19 episodes. Yeah, and this one's going to be a little longer. Is it? Do yeah. we know that for sure? Like 21. 21? Okay. So, yeah. that That's... Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, we don't have full listing yet. We just have the next couple episodes. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to... Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw a barrel at it. And we're going to talk about Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. We'll see you then. Now back to our show. No. 
And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, Real Adventures to Johnny Quest. I know I used the barrel joke twice, and I held off doing it again, but I don't really have any other good jokes to make with Johnny Quest, a show I thoroughly dislike. Um, mm-hmm. We... Well, okay, okay. This show is not as bad as I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember why I hated it so vir- virulently when I was a kid. Uh, and it's that I actually had nightmares about, uh, what's his name? Surd. About Surd's quest world form. Yeah, he's not great. Uh, like, literal nightmares. Uh, and I think that's why I hated it so much as a kid. Mm-hmm. And particularly why I hated CG animation for so long. Um, yeah. But, um... This show is not as bad as I remember, but it's really bad in other ways. And it, but it, it, it's a pretty competent adventure show, but it's, I still did not enjoy watching this. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. The show isn't as good as I remember it, but it, it does have, like you said, some very obvious, genuinely problematic stuff, but yeah, it does a lot of mystical, uh, indigenous people yeah poc like and um uh ancient aliens shenanigans that yeah especially with native americans that i'm not a fan of nope 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 like in literally the first episode um or one of the first episodes they go to south america and they call the natives indians they they say that word a lot this season yeah and it's yeah it's not great we're not revisiting for season two. No. I'm saying that right now. No. Um, no. Yeah. No. Um, but, despite all that, there is a competent adventure show in here. Yeah. Um, I really liked uh, Jonathan Rage. Yeah. The, Ezekiel Rage. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Rage. Rage. The, the villain, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything with Ezekiel Rage, I was really fond of. Um, mm-hmm. especially his uh, origin story episode. Yeah, uh, I wish that came first before his first appearance. Yeah, the, in the show. The production order is all fucked up. There's a other some other production foibles in the show. Like, um, in there's a lot of episodes where, um, when you see Doctor Quest, sometimes it'll have orange hair and sometimes it'll have gray hair, and it's, yeah. it's never consistent. There's just a there's a lot of animation errors. Yeah, but um, just uh, since we're talking about it anyway, there's a lot of interesting stuff about the show on yes. the production side of things. Okay. Um. Well, let's go over it. Um. Yeah, sure. I, I only have the name of one director, uh, Davis Doy, mm-hmm. who only directed one episode according to IMDb. But okay. Um. There's a lot of writers here. Yeah, um, Mike Mulo uh, also was a directed, and this was the main concept was developed by Peter Lawrence and Takashi uh, Masunaga. Okay. Uh, there's also like a huge like all star voice cast in this show. Yeah. Um. The the one that stuck out the most to me was George Siegel as Benton. Yeah, he gives a great performance. 
Like, a little stiff at times, but yeah, a really great performance. Like, uh, I, that, that's mostly Benton, though. Benton is just stiff. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all the voice actors kind of, like, kill it in this show. Yeah. Or, like, some of the better aspects of the show, like, um, Quentin Flynn, Frank Welker, uh, George Siegel, uh, Jennifer Hale is in this. Yeah, she's in most of the episodes. Uh, John Delancey. Uh, yeah. Uh, who, for both those of you who don't know, is a Q from yeah. Star Trek. But... Discord yeah, Dis- from uh, My Little Pony. Uh, Friendship is Magic. Which is why he was cast as Discord, because he's Q. Yeah. I, I do want to bring up real quick uh, Jennifer Hale's character in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica. Yeah. Uh, or at least she was in 20 episodes. Yeah. There was a, um, there was a big shift uh, in season two. Yeah, like uh, Haji uh, would go on to be voiced by Rob Paulson in season two for one, which thing. is incredibly problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, let's just call it what it is: fucked. Mm-hmm. It's fucked. It's fucked up. But, uh, but but Jennifer Hale, no. uh, the voice she does in this sounds exactly like Rivet in the new uh, Ratchet and Clank. Game. Oh yeah, uh, which is remarkable because she somehow. It's the same young girl voice, uh, like thirty years later, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like twenty five years later. Actually, probably closer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, B.J. Ward as Iris, the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, freaking Guy Moon did comp- compositions for this show. Uh, Guy Moon yeah. did a lot of stuff. Like he worked on, uh, I think, uh, freaking. He worked on Cow and Chicken, Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Grim, Grim Adventures, Chalk Zone, Jimmy Neutron, uh, Danny Phantom, uh, Back at the Barnyard. He's he's done a lot of compositions for animation. Yeah, mainly synthesizer stuff and keyboard music. Yeah. He, did, he did quite a bit of music for the show. So did um, uh, uh, Kevin Kiner and Christopher Beck. Mm. But uh, some of the more interesting things about the show in terms of like animation is um, Peter Lawrence uh, wanted to like really make this show uh, cinematic. It definitely has a bit of... I, I can see them going for that. I don't know if they really fully accomplished that, but I definitely see them going for that. Yeah, the I think a lot of the production foibles of the show have to do with that they contracted seven different studios to animate the first season. Ooh, no wonder. In Japan and in France and Korea. No wonder there's such a variance yeah. in quality. There are some genuinely... There's a couple of snippets of like genuinely good animation in the show, but it's few and far between. But um, Yeah. The Japanese and Korean animators drew the, the cells and added the color. And an inter- international team handled digital post-production and okay. all the Quest World stuff. Um, Who did... Oh, God, the Quest World. Yeah, okay. But, um... I, I hate Quest World so I, much. I do, too. It's terrible. But using video post-production and... Uh, tool like a high-end specialized like tools they tried to um deliver uh like lots of like after effects like glitter and snow and lighting and reflections 
which is genuinely impressive for the time. Yeah. Like, um, there's an example of, um, uh, I'm looking at the article where they talk about this, but, um, of, like, a digital, uh, one of the digital, here, I can show you, um, some of the, one of the After Effects added of, like, one of the digital paintings and using After Effects, adding a reflection onto the digital painting of water. I mean, that water almost looks a lot like what you would see in an anime now. Yeah, it, it. From a technical standpoint, a lot of aspects of this show are genuinely impressive. Yeah. Um, the art direction in this isn't bad. No, it's not. Um, I like a lot of the character designs and the, the cinematography and like a lot of the lighting in some episodes is really nice. Yeah. Uh, I almost wish this was a comic book instead. Yeah, this would be a much better comic book. I agree. Um, because it just didn't have the budget. No. Or or whoever was making the decisions on how to do it was... Yeah. Um, as much as I hate that episode, this episode specifically, the one where uh, we get the return of the Anasazi alien bullshit. Yeah. There's a lot of really good use of lighting in that episode. The, the, yes. The framing of the sun and the, uh, the shots and the shading... And the lighting on characters looks really gorgeous, actually. Yeah, there's... From a technical standpoint, there's a lot of good shit in there. But, man, I am... uh, Yeah. It's not enough to save that episode in my eyes. There are some good episodes, though, I I think. Some fun... At least from an idea standpoint, some of these episodes are fun. Yeah. Um, I mean... Go on. The... the, um... You know, the, the Ezekiel Rage ones were pretty good. I really liked those. Um, I also really liked... Uh, oh, what is it? Um, I can't remember the name of it. I don't remember any of the names of these. But it, it's the one where uh, Race gets put in a coma. Oh, that's... um, the It's one of the last episodes, I think, of this season. That's... Uh, yeah. Tabardo and back? Probably, yeah. Uh, the Rodeo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Tobardo and Bag. That's the last episode of this season. Yeah. Um I I think one of the things I liked about this uh, this show was that it wasn't afraid to just be absolutely fucking buck wild. Yeah, th- there was a lot of death in it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that too. That that was I wasn't even going to mention, but like people get fucking murdered in this show. Yeah. Like hard, not graphically, but implied graphically. <laughs> like the guy who got who got dropped on a bunch of elephant bones or stomped to death. Yeah, we we got a um, a Clayton in the jungle death yeah, with him. Yeah, or um, we got a. But before before the that movie came out so yeah we also got some like first. people genuine like actually using real fucking guns and not shooting lasers and actually shooting bullets yeah like props to this show for that because at the time that was very uncommon i think it's because one it was airing on cable that, uh, yeah probably it wasn't a network show it, it was cable it was cartoon network mm-hmm. um secondly it had the legacy of being that 70s show. 
Uh, like people were like, "Oh yeah, Johnny Quest got to be real guns." <laughs> yeah, got to be real guns. You got to yeah. throw barrels at guys, which they only do once. You got to get the joke in it. They got it in once. It had only once, though. Is my problem. It might happen again in the second season. Yeah, well, we didn't watch. We're not the gonna watch season. It. We're not gonna. I can't believe it took. What was it like twenty? Five episodes. It happens in the before. It happens in the last fucking episode of the last season. fucking. It took the entire goddamn season for Race Bannon, Race goddamn Bannon, to say, "Oh, let me throw a barrel at it yeah. and throw a barrel." God damn it! Yeah, I don't like Johnny Quest, but I love the "let me throw a barrel at it" thing. I've categorized. I put all of. All of these episodes in the three separate categories. One is okay. episodes that are interesting and completely and how batshit insane they are. Mm-hmm. What t- the tiger in New York did that? The tiger in New York or the uh, the man in Manhattan. I like that episode a lot. That's a fun episode. Um, yeah. The other category is really racist. The ancient alien and, episodes. Yeah, and the third one is. Um, genuinely good episodes. Ezekiel Rage. Episodes. Ezekiel Rage. Yeah. Or um... Ezekiel Rage walks the line between ridiculous and really good. Yeah. Um, in terms of batshit insane episodes, the ones that immediately come to mind are we mentioned the one with uh, the with the tiger in New York, which by the way I, I just I really like that one still. Yeah, the, Man Eater's good. Man Eater in Manhattan. The other one uh, is. The shit about the Jersey Devil and the original Declaration of Independence. Yeah. What the fuck was that shit? So, it's like, so, okay, just a brief, brief thing for people who don't know. There were, they, they were, the gang were searching for the devil, the Jersey Devil, and in doing so, search, and searching for the Jersey Devil, they found a family of redcoats and a family of um, revolutionaries who didn't know the Revolutionary War had ended. And they had been living their lives thinking that it hadn't ended and were fighting a family feud throughout generations over the original copy of the Declaration of Independence. I forgot about this episode somehow. How did you forget? Because most of this series went in one ear and out the other. Like, that's how little I cared watching this. Uh, I'm sorry. The Specter of the Pine Barrens. Um, yeah. In that episode. Um, another one that's fucking buck wild is alligators and Okeechobee Vikings. That was really... I remember that one now. That was really good. I don't know why that one's... It's it's like... Because it's alligator Vikings. It's it's not just alligator Vikings. It's like Vikings who came to America, integrated with the Native Americans, had descendants, and then these Native Americans trained alligators and fought with Viking weapons and basically tried to take down an oil rig. What the fuck? I really think you could take a lot of these. You could do like a TMNT, uh, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, uh-huh. uh, comic thing where it's reusing a lot of old storylines but updating them mm-hmm. in new interesting ways. I think you could really, which is also what the 2003 series did. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I really think there's you could do that with this series and 
fix it. Oh yeah, there's a lot fix of fix all the horrible things with it, but there's there's a lot of good bones here. There's good ideas here. There's some fun. There's the like I said, wrapped up in all this bullshit is there's a genuinely good adventure show in here somewhere. Yeah. It's just, you know, um I, I got to be real with you though. Yeah. I would really cut down Surge's importance. Oh yeah, I agree. He it, he's boring. I like Surge and I like Frank Welker, but like it's the fact that he's so tied to Quest World and Quest World is the worst aspect of this show. Yeah. If he didn't, if if fuck, if we got like an update to this and the Quest World looked better, then fine. Uh, even then, I just. Yeah, I get it. I would really want to. I just keep bringing it up, but I would really just like to see uh, Ezekiel Rage take a more forefront as, like, the main villain. Mm-hmm. I just think he's more fascinating. Yeah. Um, uh, but in the... We already talked about the racist shit, but in the category of what I think is genuinely good episodes, um, one is uh, Expedition to Kumbu, which is the episode where Johnny thinks his dad is fucking dead. Yeah. Genuinely, really good character writing in that episode from Johnny. Like, not knowing if his dad is alive and having like having a really... Like, an emotional breakdown. It was genuinely good. It, it was good character work. I, I just... Mm-hmm. This is a series that I don't trust to do anything with indigenous groups or mm-hmm. non-white cultures. Well, they weren't... Here's the thing about this episode is that there was no actual for real cultures in this episode other than like the monks. And those they were... Can and they can still and, screw that up though because it's clearly pulling from tibetan and himalayan culture yeah but there was nothing like outright offensive here which i'm you know in the the yeti stuff was like cro-magnon shit and cro-magnons don't even exist anymore yeah so like and we don't know what their culture was like so you know yeah but i feel you um the other one that i really i talked i I actually like the alligator episode (laughs) I did too. Yeah. It's just fun and dumb. Um, yeah. The other one I think is really good is actually in the darkness of the moon, the uh, werewolf episode. Yeah, that was really really good. Yeah, it's it was just a fun idea for an episode. Also, race. Can you keep it in your pants for like five seconds? <laughs> no, he can't. Uh, mostly because I don't think they wanted they they were trying to fight the uh, the Batman Robin uh, stereotype, but yeah, Kevin the Conrad. type of thing they made fun of in Harvey Birdman with in the Johnny Quest episode. Yeah, the the thing with him is that like I loved that uh, when we first saw episode we first saw Surd and it was that bit with the the Russian lady, and she was like she, yeah. and she says that was for Stalingrad. And then she kissed him and she says, and that was also for Stalingrad. <laughs> Just like, what a fucking establishing thing for that character. Yeah. 
the other episode that I really liked was um freaking uh what was that one called? The Alchemist. That yeah. Yeah, that was a really good one too. Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like that one a lot. It was just a fun episode. It was just a fun one-off. So there's not too much to talk about. It was just a good episode. And the last one that I really liked was um. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. The Ballad of Belbonet. I don't remember. That, that was one. the one about the Native American uh, school about to be closed down, and the ghost of the woman, oh yeah, the ghost of the woman who stole the gold from that stagecoach. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, that's just great. Yeah, like that's that's good shit. But unfortunately, like you said, this I, I don't trust. Uh, in general, in shows that are, I learned a lot about what. Without going into it too much, I I learned a lot about the things that Johnny Quest was inspired by. Yeah. Um, when I read the uh, uh, in preparation for the next segment, I read the uh, the Venture Brothers art book, mm-hmm. and they were talking about and and Jackson Public was equally inspired by uh, the the genre of books that inspired Johnny the boy adventurer type of books. Um, yeah. That inspired Johnny Quest and were actually a bigger inspiration to Venture Brothers than Johnny Quest was. Because mm-hmm. um, th- th- there's an interesting thing. We get into it a little bit last season where there's like a Venture legacy of boy adventure. Like Jonas was going on adventures as a kid because his father was also this thing and his grandfather was too and rusty was like the son there was another thing in the the 60s in the 50s and 60s there was a book series about a boy adventurer who was the son of a boy of a former boy adventurer who had a book series in the 30s yeah um and i don't remember why i brought this up because legacy oh oh yeah 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 the i i don't trust this genre at all because it's spawning right out of the alan quartermain shit yeah like solomon's mine and shit like that yeah yeah which is it, it very... it's that imperialist yeah. racist uh colonialist view of the savage natives and it, it, it it's offensive very it it it's I don't trust it. I don't fucking trust it to do anything with any sort of tact. Yeah. By any time standard. By 90s standards or by now standards. Mm-hmm. Even now when we get Native American shit, it's still offensive. Yeah. It's almost like you can't fucking write Native American. Native American. Th- that, that's why you have to get a fucking consultant. Yeah. Or have it who who is from the group that you want to write about, or better yet, just let that person do the writing. Yeah, someone who is a writer who is Native American. But more importantly, don't don't do this white savior bullshit. Yeah, the best example of that white savior bullshit is that thing with the fucking elephant. 
Yeah. It's like, it's a fun. There's a lot of white saber shit. There's a lot of imperialism shit. There's a lot of like, there's no way these ancient cultures could have possibly built these things unless they were influenced by aliens. Bullshit. God, I hate. I, I hate that shit. I fucking hate it. You ever notice how they never talk about fucking? Hey, have you ever watched one of those shows? Hey, for those of you who don't know, if you ever watched one of those shows about like ancient aliens, you ever notice they never talk about like, you know, Rome, Rome, or you know, Greece, Stonehenge, Stonehenge. No, they do. They do bring up Stonehenge. They do bring up Stonehenge, but or castles in Europe, or you know, anything Euro. Centric? Anything Eurocentric. Uh, I, I don't think castles are quite a similar comparison because they were done... We're, we're talking about the difference between... It's a different time frame. You know what I mean, though, right? Uh, I, I do know what you mean, though. And, yeah, I mean, it, it is just uh, a disbelief in that non-white people can do these things because it, they're... Cause because we're racist. Because because our societies are racist, plain and simple. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's yeah. But um. Aside from all that, when they don't go to those places, it's a fun adventure yeah, series. It's a fun adventure series, and I'll, and I'll... but I don't think it. I don't think that's enough to save it's it. Not. From being called a crappy show. It's not, um, I remember liking it way more as a kid, but now looking back on it, yeah, it's not that great. There's, and it's sad because, like you said, there's the bones of a good adventure show here, but it's just yeah. too bogged down by all this really shitty racism and like other like shit, the, other stuff. Yeah, there's a reason Johnny Quest deserves to be made fun of. Mm-hmm. And it has been by just a lot of shit and a lot of people. It, like, it deserves it because it's never had a good iteration. The best iteration of it is Venture Brothers, which is making fun of it. Speaking of that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to take a look at Season 4 of Venture Brothers. See you then. Now, back to- Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, we're looking at Venture Bros Season 4, and I got a quote I'd like to read real quick from uh, mm-hmm. Go Team Venture, the art of production of Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is specifically about uh, Operation Prom, the final episode of this season, which I think is probably worth having the majority of the conversation about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly my favorite episode, and this is even with its two big marks, it, it's two big uh, bad things this season. Mm-hmm. It's still my favorite season of television. Mm. Bar none. Mm. Um, this is Jackson Public uh, in regards to the episode of uh, Operation Prom. 
Another reason why this episode is hugely important to our history is, in a lot of ways, it was the culmination of everything we'd been doing before then, and it was us embracing what we had done and figuring out where to take it next. For this show, that started as a snarky parody, to four seasons later reach a point where we're actually capable of non-ironic, uncynical, emotional beat, or to do this sequence where the audience is actually worried about what's going to happen to these characters and then really happy or really sad for them when it does, that was a new thing. Suddenly we were writing a real show. There are dramatic stakes that actually work and we're not always making a joke about action or a joke about emotions. We're doing it for real and we're not being too savvy about it. That was kind of a big deal. And I I think that's a pretty good summary of season four, even with its two big issues. Yeah, you want to get those out of the way? Yeah, uh, Captain Sunshine and Sergeant Hatred, it's the same problem. It's pedophile jokes. It's jokes about pedophiles, and it... Not funny. No, not funny. Like, I don't want to have, like, an entire episode where the entire joke is... Sergeant Hatred having a relapse. Yeah. Like, please. I... Or an entire episode about Captain Sunshine kidnapping. The pro. Yeah. I, I. Okay. So while I was reading this, I realized something that they thought about pedophilia. Mm hmm. And I don't know if this is conscious or if it's like. Or if it's just something that they thought or they do still think. They treat it more like it's an addiction. Like they talk about pedophiles in the state of a recovering pedophile. Like a recovering alcoholic. Mm. And that's not how it is. This is beyond our pay grade though. I'd Also I'd rather not talk about it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I... I I just felt like I needed to say that they have the wrong opinion. They have the wrong information. Mm. And that's why they think this is an okay joke to make. It's not. I don't think making even I don't even think making jokes about recovering alcoholics is an okay joke to make. Even sidebar to that, if that's true, I don't think that joke is funny either. Yeah. Um even if you think that that's how it is. I think there's a place for humor in stories about addiction. Mm-hmm. I don't think it belongs in recovering alcoholics. Cause Bojack Horseman and uh, Brock Meyer both do a really good job of displaying what recovering from addiction is. Yeah, multiple types: uh, drug, alcohol, gambling, sexual addiction. Right. Uh, the, just a sidebar. Um, I remember when we wanted to do Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. and one of my caveats was a, a, a dress that this stuff is very prevalent in the show, the hatred and sunshine shit, but I, but I don't want to talk about it. You know? Like, I don't want to get into it. Okay, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah, that it was just, we didn't really get into it. It's just like, you know, I, I yeah. don't. One, we're not qualified to talk about it. And two, I don't want to talk about it. Got it. That's a mind that's a uh, minefield that I don't want to walk into. Okay. So we're done talking about it. 
Let's talk about the rest yes. of it. Yes. Okay. Um, it's still all Doc Hammer, Jackson, Public. Mm. Uh, Bed Edlund, who is a mutual friend of theirs, also did a couple episodes, mm-hmm. but not this season. Um, yeah. There's. We mentioned that we talked about seasons one through three being very of their time. Um, this show, the the season four, there's a lot less. Aside from the, the the other shit we mentioned, there's a lot less of the. Um, really edgy, offensive humor. Season four was the turning point. Yes. Um, season it it is absolutely the turning point, and it's why it's my favorite season. Um, mm-hmm. Season, f- interestingly enough, uh, it actually would have been really important, or would have been really good to do season four and five together, because half of season five is stuff they really wanted in season four, but they didn't have the time for. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly Spanakopita, but we're not there yet. Um, yeah. Uh, but but that 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 point I'm trying to make is this is where it stops being three is where it kind where it really stopped being a parody, but season four is where it sort of solidified into what it would be, even with the big changes in season six. Yeah. Uh, and I still say it's my favorite. I'll say it ten more times this episode. Probably it's my favorite season of television, bar none. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my favorite television show, bar none. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah, let, let's let's hop into this. Okay. Uh, you mentioned it before, but this is where, um, they start to lean away from the Johnny Quest parody and start to become more yes. like a Marvel DC superhero parody. G.I. Joe. Yeah, G.I. Joe. James Bond. James yeah. Bond. More of that sort of parody because they kind of like ran the joke already with the the Johnny Quest stuff. Which, which yeah. you can kind of see in the evolution of um, Dean and Hank as characters actually. Yes. Like they stopped being just the... Uh, I mean, they're still stupid. Don't get it twisted. But, but you're starting to see more development of yeah, them. Yeah, they're not just a one-note joke anymore. Yeah. They they kind of start to become into their own as actual characters with um, arcs and dimensions. Yeah. Which is a real shift from the original two seasons where it's just go team venture and you know goof goof jokes about them and how they're stupid yeah but yeah like because um a lot of a lot of this one especially dean gets a lot of focus with his character arc about um living up to being a super scientist for his dad and trying to like become his own person. And that continues in the next season too. But yeah, um, it, it, it's about Rusty starting to groom his son to be a successor. Yeah. Not realizing that he's uh, doing the exact same thing his dad did to him. Yeah. Uh, and, and also a little bit of 
starting to see Hank get neglected a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hank was always kind of neglected to a degree. They they both were neglected, but it, it's pretty clear that Dean is the favorite. That yeah, Dean's the favorite. And like the 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 it's it's a it's supposed to be a funny scene, but like the scene where they're torturing uh, Rusty, and he says that thing about Hank. Yeah, it's like again a show that was all goose, and then it has shit like that in it. And, and even in another episode, uh, the the inner space episode, mm-hmm. um, where I mean both both of the kids get it eventually, but they drop Hank's hand first. Yeah, that's true. Blessed by the one, the thing you love the most. <laughs> try it without Hank. And eventually, you just try it without Dean. God. <laughs> and it's just Rusty's, the box of Rusty's thing without the Rush mixtape. Oh, yeah. You, you see the problem? It's the greatest hits of album. <laughs> I, th- I think yeah, my first. Yeah, there's your. But problem. I think the. the um... The stuff that I liked most in this season was um, all the stuff with Brock, Sphinx, Shore Leave, and the stuff with 21. Yeah. That stuff is uh, great. I love it. Absolutely. It, it's it, it's, 20, it's 21 ha- Gary. It's Gary having to get over the death of his best friend. Yeah. And finding his new dynamic as number one. Mm-hmm. And also dealing with the inappropriate crush he has on his boss's wife. You know, he finds out at the end of the season that it really wasn't that inappropriate. Just fucked up, man. Well, it's not only... Mm. At least, they're like, we're swingers, man. Yeah. Like, they don't care. Yeah. They're... they're... But Gary does is yeah, thing. and that's the fucked up part. And he's just like, that's why he's just like, yeah. fuck you guys, I'm out, I'm out of here. Yeah. I I think next season Gary is probably my favorite. No, it's between next season and season six. Gary, mm-hmm. actually, just Gary the rest of the way is probably one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I love his dynamic with Hank. Yeah, it's they're they're so alike is the thing. Yeah, it's really funny. I just I, I'm just remembering one of my favorite jokes from the the season, where it's like he tries to sell him the Marvel number one, and then yeah. Hank is like, "What is this crap? Where's Batman?" <laughs> and you just see the yeah. value of the comic just like plummet, dropping yeah. and dropping. Yeah, you're seeing that the entire damn episode. God. I love that this is a world that has their own Fantastic Four, kind of, and still the comic exists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we also got a lot with fucking White and Quizboy, Billy. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have to when you kill half of your comedy duo. You have to create a new comedy duo. Yeah, Billy and White kind of do replace 21 and 24 as a comedy duo, don't they? Yeah, because it, it's, again, it's both Jackson Public and Doc Hammer, again. Mm-hmm. 
Because they were both 21 and 24, and now they're both uh, Billy and White. And they're also both um, the, 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 the guild guys. I can't remember oh, the their two, name. I can never remember I their name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know their names, but the two guild. Dudes. Yeah, they do have names, I just can't remember them. Yeah, the, the guild um, of Calamus and Tent dudes, yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. And I said this in the last thing where it's like while sh- I uh what, what I'm trying to talk you get one flaming homosexual you get one and it sucks that like shore, well, shore leave is kind of a stereotype I like shore leave <laughs> shore leave has okay shore leave and Al both have more depth beyond being flaming homosexual they do it's just like that's not how they started, and that wasn't the original intent, and, like, I had to point it out at yeah. the time. Yeah, of course. But both of them get more depth this season. Yeah. Another dating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about that, personally? Because I, I don't have um, any very, ground to stand on to have I like it because... Neither, one, because Al isn't conventionally attractive. Yeah, I and I really like that. Like he's kind of he's kind of sh- he's kind of sh- schmubby. He has a tonsure. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of schlubby. He's, yeah. he's short. He's kind of schlubby. He's got he's like a, like a bald spot. And then you've got fucking this like Adonis. Over- not just a don not not just a bald spot. A fucking tonsure. He shaves his head to look yeah, like and that. Then, like then you got this fucking Adonis fucking shore leave. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know. I I think that's cute. I don't. They've got uh, they they've got chemistry. That shit he said when he was watching him at the gate, like, "Oh, look at him and his little kill." He's like a tiny little Highlander. <laughs> it's good. It's cute. I like it. If I had to choose between one of them, I would choose. Oh, Al. I would too. But I love both of them. Uh, Shore Leave is great. Uh, because he completes the 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 GI Joe thing. Yeah. Like you gotta have, uh, you gotta have a. Uh... <sighs> I forgot his GI Joe counterpart. Um... Oh, um... shipwreck. Shipwreck. You gotta have a shipwreck, and making him not only shipwreck but also uh, a village people sailor. Yeah. It, it it makes sense, and then you also have the rest of the village people OSI crew. Mm-hmm. That we saw last season in one of the flashbacks. Um, yeah. Uh, but but Al is Al's a fucking Dana Snyder character. Yeah. I love Dana Snyder. I'll always choose a Dana Snyder character. <laughs> well, and side remember to Al, like my favorite episode in the season is the Triad episode because, of course, it is. With, yeah, that that's a real good the, one. The the outrider or whatever, and the yeah, yeah. that shit's hilarious. I loved at the I love that shit where it's like, wait, you have powers. I got powers. <laughs> yeah, you exist between two worlds because you're a half vampire. It's just like, hold on, let me move this suitcase with my powers. Why don't you just just pick it up? Hand just it to me. Pick it up like a yeah. normal person. Okay. All right, yeah. Thanks. 
Uh, then you got fucking um, Orpheus's master, who I just always—it's just McGurk. That's what I always think of when I think of that guy's voice is McGurk. Yeah, it it really that that is the closest one of his many roles. It, it's McGurk. Like I I love Bob, but McGurk is the one I immediately go to when I think of that guy's voice. Yeah, it's also a little bit um. The video rental guy that used to hang out with Chris on Family Guy. Same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just a nerdier McGurk, really. Yeah, McGurk voice, yeah. But it's like, he's just doing his voice. Yeah. It's just the H. John Benjamin voice. He's just talking. And some, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Some voice actors, that's just who they are. Like, they just, their voice is so, like, distinct that they could just do their own voice. Yeah. Um it 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 it's uh oh, fuck me. Uh it, it's the Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah, Patrick. You want that voice. You want that voice. It's such a good yeah, voice. Yeah. Um the what one of the plot points that I actually completely forgot about was I remembered the 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 Phantom Limb Revenge Society shit, but I forgot about that shit where he was talking to a coffee mug and a toaster yeah he's unhinged my dude i forgot about that <laughs> my favorite joke lady nightshade yeah like l- hey listen man at least you weren't here for the conjugal visit with the fucking shoe like yeah oh uh, i don't want to think about phantom limb fucking a shoe it's not the most vile thing that's said in this season not even close but it's not, but it's still... I mean, that that's something people do, is the, the thing. The, the thing about... All the shit about the Rusty Venture is the most vile shit. Ooh, yeah, you heard those uncensored for the first time, huh? The worst. Yeah. But, uh-huh. if there's ever a person to have some vile, vile acts named after them, it's fucking Rusty Venture. Yeah, yeah. Was the he's a bad person and deserves the worst. The, the fuck the gentleman thought about he called what they call a double frog man. Oh yeah, with the, the snorkel. Thing with the snorkel. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. I don't know which I hate more. That is the thing that that guild guy said, which I will not repeat on this podcast. That that that's the one with the poop. Yeah, that's right? the one with the poop. Yeah, that's the one with the poopoo. We don't need to say. We don't need more to. Just look it up. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Holy, oh boy! If you have Hulu, you can watch it uncensored on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, that's my Hulu plug. That's your Hulu plug. I'm not paid, but I use Hulu. It, it's how I watch. My other favorite episode was the episode where Rusty went to therapy. That was a really good one. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, other with the yeah. other boy adventurers. Yep. Got to see. I I just liked it because we got to see Doctor Z again. Yeah. I fucking love Doctor Z. We see him more. Going later into, uh, oh, self medication. You talk self medication. That's that. Yeah, episode. The, yeah, the <clears throat> therapy episode. Yeah, with the 
with where they're trying to figure out who killed their uh, therapist. Turns out yeah. it was the monarch. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the uh, the boys are going to see a movie. Uh and it's the same. Oh, oh yeah, no, never mind. Let's forget about that. I forgot. Yeah, that, that, was the, uh, that was the that was the B plot. Yeah, I just remembered the movie part and it being a Lord of the Rings. It's, it's, it tells you how much I like the A plot. That the B plot is what it and is. And I still like that and, episode. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, actually, maybe that, mm, the the. Uh, uh, no, the Order of the Triad episode is still my favorite. That that one deserves it. Um, personally, it it's. I also like the uh, first episode where Monstroso shows up. I just like I just like yeah, Monstroso. Monstroso is really good. Um, yeah, any which way, but Zeus is also really good. Yeah, what a wild fucking swerve on that. The ends with the that uh, God Scott Hall man Scott, Scott Hall. Hall man are we gonna watch this are we gonna um, watch the specials by the way sidebar yeah uh the Christmas one is I when I was reading the art book I found out where they're officially placed mm-hmm. even though the shallow gravy special should really should be season four it's considered season five as is the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. The Christmas special, the Halloween special, the I mean. Halloween, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are both season. Yeah, watch those next time. Then. Yeah, um, I think other than Operation Prom, everybody comes to Hanks is my favorite. Oh yeah, it's kind of fucked up. I mean, no, it no, is, it is fucked, fucked up. up. You're right. There's no kind of. It just is. But also, it's. It, it's Hank and Al doing a noir thing for the majority of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that that part's great. Yeah. And I personally, I think even the fucked up stuff is like a really interesting plot point. And it's something that does happen, but it is really fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up in multiple ways. Yeah. Like. Uh, okay. How old is Hank? Like 16? Uh, 17 to 18 this season. Mm. Suspect. Still statutory rape. Mm, very much so. She's. Let's see. Dermot's probably a year old, year or two older than him. And she was 15 when she had him. So she's at least 17 years older than him. Really gross. Yeah. But then also Dermot's birth circumstances are also what's really gross. Yeah. Or the Dermot's half-brother and all this other shit. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. And then Rusty finds out in the uh, Shallow Gravy special. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's how old? Fictal? And he's how old? Shit. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man. Yeah. It's fucked up, but it's... Yeah. I still say, even though it's fucked up, it's good writing, man. It It's like... Mm. Anything that makes Rusty even easier to hate is good in my book. Mm. Because they do just enough to make him likable at times... That you really need the vile shit to remind you. That he's absolutely a human piece of trash? Yes. Because there's... um... I don't know why Orpheus is friends with that guy. Because he's his land. Well, that and also Orpheus is too nice. Yeah. That too. Um... Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what I had to say. Yeah, because th- there's moments like at that um, where he has that conversation with Hank about no, that's that's my life, and about his sixteenth, uh, what was it like, sixteenth or eighteenth birthday party or yeah. whatever. That's like that. Almost makes me feel sympathy for almost. him, and make and it helps understand how he ended up where he is. And you need that vile shit to remind you: no, no justification is enough. Mm-hmm. Rusty is a terrible, terrible person. Yeah, and so that's why I call it good writing. Yeah, because you need those reminders. Mm. Okay. Um, if you're going okay uh, uh, it would be better to not have protagonist characters who are pieces of shit I will say that that would be better that's the best situation mm. but if you're going to you really have to go out of your way to make them absolutely vile if you're going to still make them give them moments of sympatheticness mm. Um, I also think Brock starts to become at his best in this season. IMO. Like, I would argue that it started season three, but it's far more apparent season four. Oh, yeah. Just, it's like, there's nothing too crazy. It's just Brock just being Brock. Yeah. Despite my problem with Brock, I like Brock overall. You do see Brock growth this this season. Um, Not just, uh, but, like, they dial back on the homophobia. Yeah, because he spends, like, several months with um, the Million Dollar Man and Bigfoot. Yeah. Which is sweet. Yeah. Um, They dial back on a lot this season, because I I think they started to realize. That um, he was an asshole, and they didn't want him to be. I think not only that, but I think they needed to dial back on some of that gratuitous mm-hmm. shit. Which they did. And it only yeah. gets dialed more and more back as the season series goes on. Yeah. Season five, it I don't remember season five all that. I don't well either. Because season six had such a strong uh shift that it sort of overrode it. 
I re- season five has a lot of uh, OSI stuff, and it has Gary hanging out with the Ventures a lot more because he's still trying to run Sphinx. Yeah. Um, and it also has JJ going through cancer, though you don't really find that out till the end. Mm-hmm. Um. Season five is important, uh, but it's kind of you can argue it's season four part two mm-hmm. because a lot of it was stuff originally meant for season four. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you you start to see everyone kind of evolve a little this season. Season. Yeah. And again, season. By season six, all the pedophile shit is just out. Yeah, they realized it was really tasteless, I think. I just think... I don't want to give them that much credit. I don't. You know what? Yeah, you're right. I don't want to give them that much credit either. Maybe they just didn't... I want to say they just feel like they've tread all the ground. Yeah, and they just didn't think it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was giving them too much credit. You're right. I will give them that affordance with them dialing back a lot of the edgelord shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I do believe at their core, they're more or less good people. Oh, yeah. You can Um, see it a lot in... um, They're just very much Gen X. You can see it a lot in... um, If you ever listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal... uh, Hal Loveland and Mark Gagliardi are uh, people who work on Venture Brothers. And they occasionally have Doc Hammer and Jackson Public on the podcast. You you listen to the older episodes and it's like, oh man, they have really shitty opinions. And then you listen to the newer episodes. Like, like basically, uh, that podcast started around 2015, so this was before... uh, you know some of the later, the much later stuff, but it's like you can see the evolution. Yeah, I mean, you know, and like especially in the newer episodes, especially with uh, Mark and Hal as writers too, because they work on the show. They uh, also realize, like, they never pointed out in the earlier episodes, but like in the later episodes of the podcast, they point out. Um, we also want to add the caveat that when we're talking about the stuff, that we are two straight white dudes. You know, it's yeah. like it's like oh, there's some evolution here. I'm not I'm not saying yeah. it's like you know perfect, but hey, I'll take I'll take it. It it could be written off as just trying to cover their asses, but it. Uh, uh I don't know. You 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 like them enough to want to afford them? Yeah, I'll I'll give it to them. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying some of it isn't to cover their asses, but I'm saying that there's. Probably some of it that's like, yeah, this stuff just it's kind of tasteless. And it's moved on yeah. from it. How much of it? I don't know. But you know yeah. who kind of took a backseat in this season? It was like the monarch and Dr. Girlfriend. Yeah, they really did. Uh so much of this was really twenty one and it was Hank. it was twenty one and it was Hank and Dean and Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the first three seasons we talked about, where it was like a lot of the best stuff was with the Monarch and Doctor Girlfriend, they just they kind of yep. got pushed to the side this season specifically. 
I was reading uh, in the art book, I came across something, and the monarch was not supposed to be such a central character originally. Oh. Uh, they they wanted to do like a villain of the week sort of thing originally, okay. but when uh, but when uh, Doc and Jackson were writing it, they wound up in this like thing where like they didn't know what to put in this. So like, I just give it to the monarch. Yeah, and then the monarch just kind of kept showing up. Yeah. Why do we need to make new villains when we can just keep doing the monarch? Yeah, and it it doesn't hurt. That uh, one of them voices him. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> hurt. It probably has a lot, and clearly has a lot of fun voicing the monarch. Yeah, uh, Jackson Public really stated quite heavily he loves doing the voices. Um, he when he started making this, uh, he knew he wanted to do a voice. He didn't know he was going to end up doing Hank, but he did know he wanted to do a voice, and he does. So many voices on this. He's he's Hank, he's the Monarch, he's Dr. Z, he's Sergeant Hatred, he's Dragoon, which is one of the Council of Thirteen. Yeah. Uh, he's General Hunter Gathers. Uh, he's, uh, he's Pete White. Uh, he's Teddy, the bear. Oh, right. Doc talks to and opens up okay, to. Okay, no, the, I was, when you said that, my mind immediately went to that one scene. Murder, Murder bear. bear. Like, oh, look, he has a knife. Yeah. Power. <laughs> um, uh, he's Fat Chance. What a uh, fucking stupid idea for a fucking bear. Apparently... Fat Chance was a rejected character idea he had when working on The Tick. That sounds like a Tick character. Some of these characters would it not is. be out it... of place in the fucking Tick. I yeah. would have loved a I no, loved uh, a crossover. A lot of these char- a lot of the like side characters, background characters, uh like two-bit villain characters are just ideas he had working on the tick that didn't make it into the yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, because he did work on the tick. For There is the one thing I want to say um, in the negatives besides the other shit we talked about. Um, okay. There are some jokes in this season that are like, I feel like you could have cut this a little bit. Like, this joke goes on for a little too long. Okay, okay, just too long, not necessarily offensive. No, no, material, it's not offensive. But... It's just like the joke itself. It could have used a little temper. Like yeah. uh, the one that comes to mind immediately is when Brock, uh, when Brock and Gathers are in the jet. And they're talking about that one stripper and talking about her tits. It's yeah, like, mournful, mournful tits. tits. I want to put them in a tiny coffin of a funeral. Like yeah, some of that jokes, some of those jokes are funny, but holy shit, this bit goes on for like thirty seconds. It it goes on too long. Yeah, and there's a couple of jokes like that here and there, but it just feels yeah. like it was like you guys were just ad libbing and we just kept going. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, I learned another thing. I learned from the art book. Was they don't usually allow ad-libbing too uh, okay. much. Uh, because half of it... 
they're the only two people in the writing room. Yeah. Right. Like, with the exception of three episodes where Ben Ben Edlund is there, either an entire episode is written by Jackson Public or an entire episode is written by Doc Hammer or it's written by the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often, if a joke's going on too long, it's because they just started riffing together while writing yeah. and the riffing just went yeah, too that's, long. Yeah, that was definitely one of those jokes. The, the yeah. other one was the uh, this one probably would have been like this is this one didn't go on for as long but it wouldn't have felt too long. The bit where uh, 24 brought in the two dead guys and was like they did that thing about celebrity perfume. Yeah. Uh, like that joke could have been you, cut you, down a little. You could really say that about a lot of twenty one, twenty four, and Pete White and Billy. It, it's with, a little. They're just. It's like literally like you're recording your own conversations, and it it feels a little circle jerkish. Exactly. Yeah, circle jerkish. It feels a little like God. You guys, you think you're so fucking funny? Apparently, they do. <laughs> yeah. All um, I know is that that is kind of the flavor of the show, though. Yeah. All I know thing. is that Doc Hammer has terrible opinions about cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah. Terrible opinions. Because he's not a cartoon guy. He didn't come from animation. It's like they talked about the greatest. Uh, we're doing like a greatest Saturday morning cartoons, and it was like as soon as they got to like the era where he wasn't a kid, like the '90s, and started talking about Darkwing Duck and shit like that. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, because again, he didn't come yeah, from animation. He he, yeah, he didn't. He doesn't love animation. Yeah, um, he's the nerdiest normie you can think mm-hmm. of. He's just nerdy about other things. Yeah. Uh, see, yeah. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah, he has bad cartoon opinions. La di da. Big surprise. He makes the Ventures, a show that makes. Yeah, fun you of know cartoons. what? That's fair. Uh. And and I'll be honest, I love it for it because uh, a lot of the cartoons that make fun of deserve it, mm-hmm. um, particularly Johnny Quest. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I have too much more to say about Zoom Force. Uh, Operation Prom is the perfect perfect best. bookend. Yeah. It, it it's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't originally... So season four and five got picked up at the same... No, no. Um, what was it? <sighs> okay. So when they were writing Operation Prom, they were trying to decide what type of finale it was going to be. They had the one that... Um, they... they because they, they write a few types of finales. They have the one where someone leaves or dies, which is like season one where the boys die. Uh, they have the one where that's just like the, what the hell? Yeah. And then they have the one that kind of feels good. And this is the one that kind of feels good. Because it's just like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Because it it ends on that Brock smile 
as he pulls out his knife and is going to go kill the problem that Doc has created. Yeah, the horrible Brendel woman. Yeah. For those who don't know, I'm referring to the fly. Yeah. All because he wanted to make Spanish fly. And he made a mutant fly and cut yep. off its wings. And then spiked the punch. Everybody spiked the punch, and that's the joke. Yeah, but then he specifically spiked it with Spanish fly, Spanish fly to make the women horny, which doesn't work. Doesn't work. It just turned them. I mean, it worked, and then they turn into into fly monsters. Yeah, I mean, you could say the mood, the evening was good enough that he didn't have to. Also, they were escorts. They were full. They were paid for full service. No one was going home unlaid. Yeah, unless they chose to go home unlaid. Mm-hmm. The only uh, one who got laid that night was fucking Al. Uh, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Well, surely. Well, surely even him too, got, yeah. yeah. The only ones who got laid that yeah. night were Al and Shirley. Good for them. I could believe, uh, Monarch and... Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he got, he got probably, a, probably got a yeah. big, huge revenge boner hard on, and, and yeah. Yeah. Probably. <sighs> probably. Okay, that that's enough about that. Uh, yeah so we're going to take a quick break and when we get back we're going to close this bitch out we'll see you then And welcome back, everybody, for the last time this episode to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, so that's, that's it. Show. That is the show. Uh, we're going to ask that you please like, rate, review on... Uh, I'm sorry. There's no like. Uh, leave us good reviews on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get this podcast. Maybe leave a good review on your uh, ham radio if that's possible. Whatever device and platform you choose to listen on uh, this podcast. Yeah, that... I have issues with that joke. What, ham radio? Uh, Yeah, that's not how a ham radio works. Um, But that's me being an (laughs) asshole, so we're going to leave that at that. Yeah, Um, it is a little bit. It is. It's just like... Uh Uh-huh. Ham radio is a means of communication. It's not... It, what, who, who, who cares besides me? Um, <laughs> fucking nobody. No one cares besides me. Yeah. Uh, hey. Anyway, 
Also, it'd be great if you could tell a friend. Uh, spread the word. Please. Please. Yeah. Just don't be annoying about it, because that will have the Yeah, opposite. don't just be like, hey, did you listen to that podcast every other every other time you see them? Yeah. Uh, if it comes up naturally, just be like, oh, yeah, I got a good one. Yeah, yeah. Bring, it, uh, bring, bring one of our better episodes with you on a car ride. A road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you think a better episode is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you like the show and you want to get in touch with us, Laser, where can they find us? Well, I was about to say, you can find us on the email at acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Hey, Kai, can I get that back one That's more acme time? acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Yep, you can also find us on Twitter at at Podcasts. That's at Podcasts at I-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. That's at Podcasts on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr. Kai, you can tell us more about uh, the Tumblr. You can Tumblr. find us on Tumblr at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. And if you don't want to send an email, you can also send us a DM on Twitter or send us an ask on Tumblr. Yeah. And speaking of that, I'm going to actually look at the Twitter real quick. And you've already looked at the... Tumblr iTunes at, at the Tumblr at the Ask Box. Mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, do, 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 nothing. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Got distracted. Um, sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, but if you want to get in contact with one of us specifically, you can find me on Twitter at at Turbo Honcho, that's at T-U-R-B-O-H-O-N-C-H-O, at Turbo Honcho. I don't think I spelled that right, but hey, whatever. Uh, Kai, where can they find uh, you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Kaiju underscore Emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U uh, underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. And you can also find me on Tumblr at Kaiju-Emperor, but the exact same way. Those are retweets, reblogs, dumb shit I like, mainly art. But if you want anything original from me, I do have a side blog called Kai's Tome, where I post and reblog a homebrew D&D and tabletop stuff. And I recently posted two new D&D subclasses over there. A a new bard subclass called the College of the Maestro. And a new warlock patron, Caius, the worm that walks. If you're into the old Elder Evils book, back from 3.5 edition. Oh, worm? Yeah, oh, worm. Still don't really get that meme, but anyway. You tried. tried. Yeah. I like worm. Worms are cool. Um, yeah, that is the show. So until next time, don't be a jackass, and we'll see you then. Bye. Does that mean the show's over, Dave? I guess. <laughs>